The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. You can find us online, PR927FM.com and also watch the show on facebook live and on youtube check out our youtube page pirate radio tv we have the latest from mike houston his press conference from earlier today you can watch it in its entirety on youtube subscribe to pirate radio tv it's a bye week so we got a few different topics coming up we'll have some football talk but coming up at four o'clock si seymour will get you fired up for the ecu basketball season a month away from pirate hoops Sai will join us to talk about all the new faces on this year's team. Coached by Joe Dooley. Looking forward to catching up with Sai at 4 o'clock. We'll talk college football lines with Jeff Nadeau coming up at around 420. We'll give you an NHL preview. Our resident Kaniac, Brooks Hill, joins us to talk about the Hurricanes opening up the season coming up on Thursday night. The NHL season begins tonight on ESPN. Mike Mullis will drop by in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll talk postseason baseball we got games going on now two games coming up later including my braves at 5 15 we've got all that mike houston comments and i've got the grades the grades are in we put out today on facebook and twitter give your midterm grades for ecu football offense defense special teams we got a ton of grades to talk about on today's show as well so a lot of folks chimed in on that and it's all ahead right here on Pirate Radio Live. Shirley Rhodes is here. Chandler Honeycutt is here as well. The big dog is right there. And I am Clip Brock here with you on Pirate Radio Live. You can chime in on today's show right here on Facebook Live and be a part of the show today or give us a call, 317-1250. All right, uh, how we doing, folks? Folks? We doing good. What's up, Clipper? Sorry. I need like a backup people over there in case you guys aren't responding to me but nobody's over there you need you need like your own version of the dog pound <coughs> if you watched arsenio <coughs> hall <coughs> i do well nice timely reference shirley oh yeah I know. <laughs> arsenio oh chandler did you watch uh monday night football last night i watched the first half and then my espn app broke down on me and then Ooh. i was like you know what? Why am I watching this game? And then I just uh, I ended up because Scotty Montgomery was tearing it up, and then, Jonathan Taylor with the long run on the little running back screen there. And the only then, thing uh, I thought about was Scotty Montgomery. 
I know. That's all I can think about when I saw <laughs> the score last night. That's not a good thing night. to think about. And then Lamar Jackson went nuts. Uh, the Ravens come back, winning in overtime. Let's put the Ravens on in primetime every week because Lamar Jackson, really Lamar Jackson's second half, fourth quarter is uh, must-see TV. Yeah, they got they went flat there in the first half. They were awful and, uh, and came back strong there in the second he half. He has more total yards than 18 other teams in the league. My team's on that list. My team's on that list. All right. Way to go. Uh, he is, as the kids say, electric. Uh, I did not watch it. I did that. I'm, I've got like a, a new Monday night trend now that the Mannings aren't on until week seven. So we're still a couple weeks away yeah. from the Mannings coming back. My trend is like I fall asleep really early on Monday nights for whatever reason. I'm getting that way too. Like, I, I don't, I, I guess it's like the first day of the work week. It, it's kind of our longest day. So, like, I, for whatever reason, I'm just exhausted on Monday night. Yeah. I did wake up, uh, and boy, am I glad I woke up because I can never stay asleep if I go to bed early. But if I did not uh, wake up, I would have missed all the Gruden stuff and would have been really shocked this morning. We'll get to Gruden in a moment, but first up on our rundown, ain't no lie, we're on a bye-bye-bye, and uh, we'll hear all of Mike Houston's comments in just a moment. But, Shirley, let's hear Mike Houston's opening comments as the Pirates uh, get ready for the bye week. All right, a couple of practices into open week. Um, pretty energetic practice today. Uh, important part of time, important important time of the year for us. And uh, you know, we've got a lot of things we want to accomplish this week with our with our travel guys, and uh, some things we want to accomplish with some of our guys that you know haven't played much yet. And uh, so, we've got a, a variety of things that we're doing uh, you know this week uh, on all fronts. So uh, you know, pretty good day. Uh, you know, really looking forward to seeing you know some of the young guys that we put in there in certain situations. Uh, you know, throughout practice today and see how they did and, uh, you know, evaluate that and have another good one tomorrow. All right, that's the opening comments coming up next segment. You'll hear Mike Houston talk about uh, the frustrations of the loss uh, against UCF. Um, we got some clock questions from Stephen Igo. decisions made by Mike Houston the other night. Also, did Mike Houston think about letting UCF score at the end of the game? Uh, we'll have his answer on that and uh, a lot more so some uh, some good q a coming up with mike houston in our next segment uh chandler what are your plans for uh saturday no work so what are you gonna do uh probably gonna be watching a lot of football that's pretty much on the only thing on my agenda at this point yeah and uh definitely gonna watch game day probably gonna wake up watch game day and then <clears throat> i guess watch football i mean i don't i don't get really to watch i mean I watch football here during our. It's not the same, but it's not the same. You're not able to sit on your couch and you know enjoy college game day, and then just go kind of right scratch your manhood every now and then. Yeah. That's a <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a yeah. That took me to a visual scary yeah. place. Surely, this is a conversation between, between Chandler us. and I. Yeah, yeah, but the problem is, I have headphones too, and I can't get the last twenty seconds out of my brain. Surely, if you could put your headphones down for a moment, Chandler and I are having a discussion. Maybe I should send him an email on our email yes, accounts. That's you should absolutely do that because that, if you have something questionable to say derogatory that's what you want to do you want to email it yeah through your uh your... not want to do that <laughs> i think we have a guy that we're about to talk about that has taught us that lesson uh be careful what you type this is uh this is tough because chandler was really starting to nail the john gruden impression I, it's, it's done i'm retiring it 
I think we should keep it rolling and do uh, racist, misogynist <laughs> uh, Gruden. And you just uh, you just keep doing it, and you say awful things. No, I cannot do that. <laughs> All right. I'm on the radio every day. I think that'd be fun, but uh, Chandler does not for some reason. So John Gruden uh, steps down. It came out either what over the weekend, Sunday, Monday, about the uh, or no, this might have been even last Friday. Yeah, it was before their last game where the. Uh, Dumberus Smith. Yeah. The, um, very and they said language. he had uh, lips the size of, his lips. of Michelin tires. And so that part came out. They were able to play through it. Uh, he was able to coach through it. Questions were asked to the players about it. Some responded. Some gave a no comment. And then uh, the next shoe dropped, I guess, last night. Where John Gruden... There was a little more behind the curtain. A little bit. We need a Mark Lindsay one-on-one with John Gruden about all this stuff. Um, so all of this, and this is what I really want to talk about. I'll get to the the Gruden stuff, but all of this is because of the dysfunctional toxic. I don't really like that word, but it's the words used. The toxic... Um, organization that is the Washington football team formerly known as the Redskins and all the crap they had going on at, regarding like cheerleaders and they're posing nude and, and what the hell's going on in this work environment and people are fired and people are let go so it was like a it was a uh, Dave Hart deep dive man I tell you what I'm <laughs> glad that's never happened in the Carolina Panthers organization well they weren't doing jeans Friday <laughs> like jerry richardson <laughs> didn't he have an armpit thing too i don't know man. jerry's in i haven't stuff. thought about jerry richardson every time i see a pair of jeans i think of jerry richardson <laughs> you might want to go see a therapist <laughs> is that normal uh but it's crazy that this <clears throat> thing started on the washington football yeah. team and then it ended up getting into another organization oh, and franchise I, I, and got a guy fired yeah right this is not just washington having their own mess now the the snyder effect snyder 19 as i think mike put it on covid is going to affect every uh, NFL locker room, every NFL front office and headquarters. It's spreading. It is. It's it's getting across the entire league now uh, because it's not just one thing for Dan Snyder to tank his own operation. It's going to tank the entire league now. So these are – you've heard me talk and tweet about Bruce Allen. I actually did a search last night of my name and Bruce Allen, <laughs> and boy, I might get fired for some of the comments I made about Bruce Allen. I wish I had his email so I could talk to him directly. Uh, he is, as described by a Washington writer, somebody had a great, a, a great line. They always go back to him about where it says he was born on third base and has never taken a foot off of that base. You know, he, he's – and and to show that, he was an executive in the NFL from 04 to 19. Overall record, 83 and 125. Playoff record, 0 and 3. Washington has not has won one playoff game this millennium. The only reason they won that playoff game was because it was against Tampa Bay and Bruce Allen worked for Tampa Bay. The only way we can win is against Bruce Allen. Then he joined our franchise. I wish I would have recorded this 
because it makes me want to cuss but i can't we can't live beep but he is a giant human turd and him and gruden are exchanging these emails gruden's calling uh said that jeff fisher drafted an f word referring to michael sam uh they're calling roger goodell names which that part is kind of funny to me honestly but uh but johnny boy gruden and and it's you know you can say cancel culture 10 years ago all right but do players like they have a gay player on the raiders currently yep does he want to play for this guy and and if you think the lips thing well everybody has big lips steven tyler has big lips well the black dudes want to play for gruden when he's saying that this particular guy he's talking to another one of his uh the human turd bruce allen saying dumary smith has lips the size of michelin tires like is that is he said it's it's not not good not good not good not good at all and and do players want to play for this guy uh being those are his comments yeah it was a long time ago but yeah gruden's an old man and he was an old man when he said all this stuff it's kind of funny that he was with espn at the time i was going to say this had to be around the time that he was with monday night football yeah it was 10 years ago back when uh when gruden when monday night football would go to fedex field the crowd at fedex field would chant we want gruden (laughs) because he was in the booth yeah and it turns out that was with like mike tarico yeah john gruden and uh jaws i think so washington just got the wrong gruden yeah well (laughs) there is no right gruden i think at this point (laughs) because they hired and fired jay and then uh and now john uh, resigns fired whatever uh troy says jerry richardson had a foot thing not armpit yeah i think it was foot Hmm. i'm gonna have to google jerry richardson armpit armpit (laughs) nobody looks at your (laughs) search jesus man um uh i think he had a lot of fetishes i mean yeah yeah he was into a lot sorry we got to jerry richardson on this thing you know what's funny he likes earlobes you know what's funny when you like google something and it'll say what's missing yeah from what you googled it was this <laughs> jerry richardson allegations and it says missing armpit wow. uh, uh maybe I, i'm thinking of somebody else missing armpit <laughs> we have a we miss. have everything except armpit tony dunn says he like legs and feet he's a lower body man he has a lower he body has dude. no use for the armpit i have no Who use really for that does well i when i was a kid i really liked armpits because you could do the uh the fart noise yeah, yeah. that was uh, teachers hated that great bit great kid or if kids still do that now they're on their phones they're playing Pokemon. oh no no they're not doing anything physical <laughs> physical physical they're on the phone we need our they kids to fly, come. they need to go fly a kite <laughs> yeah hey kids go go fly a kite I told a guy to fly a kite today. That is one of my new <laughs> favorite phrases. Get fly a kite. Some guy on Twitter was like, I love Cy, but I just can't get down with the whole, we're going to be better next year. I All saw right, that. Well, fine. You know what you should do? Go fly a kite. Go fly a kite. <laughs> you can go fly a kite. You can go fly a kite. If you check my email history, that's what I say to everybody. <laughs> hey, I'm not, I, I can't. Fly uh, a kite will be like a derogatory phrase in like 30 years, and they'll go back in your emails, and they'll go, 
you're done. Redbeard says uh, Bruce Allen, born on third, thinks he hit a triple to get there. Exactly. There was like four errors. He was dropped out of a sky on a parachute and just landed there. And he, and now he's gone. I did a whole, I'm not watching the Redskins anymore until Bruce Allen's fired. They did that. I kind of want to stop watching them again, but I guess I'll stay in there. But does this get to Dan Snyder? I talked to my my dad uh, earlier today, and he was like, is this the one? I mean, is this finally it? Is Snyder, like at some point, he's got to go, and you can't, f- who can fire an owner? I, can the NFL... Good deal. I guess you can force him to sell the team or whatever. It's you kind of like what we did with Jerry. Oh, yeah, true. We, we forced him to sell the Panthers. You kind of just have so much We put uh, so much pressure shame on him shame. Yeah. that he is forced to say, all right, I cannot do this anymore. Yeah. I cannot continue to be an owner of a football team with all this on me. You know what? I've got to get rid of this team. i got to sell it. And I think this is could be the type of situation that can – Force Dan Snyder to sell the football team. Three on seven, twelve fifty. If you want to chime in, you can also chime in on Facebook Live or Twitter. Um, you know, if I'm Dan Snyder, I triple down at this point and I pull a Jerry and I build a statue of myself outside just of to the, be ripped down the next year. The dump that is FedEx Field. Yes, that I'd, thing wasn't up, but for like a year, <laughs> and then it was like tore down. The big cat. Anyway, so there's that. Yeah. Any more thoughts on so now the Raiders? I saw some Joe Brady talk to the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. Why are you looking at me with a blank stare? Did you hear what I said? Or yeah, you have you just don't want to talk. Joe Brady to the Raiders. Yeah, you, you just don't have any comments on. It? Nah. Okay. Fair no, enough. No comments. That's fine. It was just odd that you were like, well, because that was the first time I've heard it. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You are like a, an eighty-year-old man. <laughs> earlier today that was the first time i ever heard that I, yeah no, i know that's my fault i forgot that you get your news two days after Three everybody days else yeah what did he say earlier today oh, oh man Gruden got fired it, no, no. Well, no, no, no 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 it was uh harold varner having his baby hey yeah. guys harold varner the third had a baby yeah that, that was uh two days ago and you're like he just posted it four minutes ago and i was trying to explain he posted the picture of the kid but he made the announcement that the child was born two days ago. And there was another one, too. You well, I knew he was in the hospital with his wife. I didn't. I thought the baby was born today. No, man. I'm sorry. I was just, I'm just a little behind the times. You are. It's fine. You're not everybody worships uh, and then the other Twitter one, like I do. And then the it's, other one was, I didn't know the App State Louisiana place. <laughs> right, yeah. You and I was it. like, that's great. That's, all, that's an awesome matchup. And you're like... You hit, didn't know that. You hit him back to back. I thought your head was going to explode. I know. I had a major overreaction. I also had a ma- and then you yes. know what? You can blame me. You can get on me because I didn't know the White Sox and Astros played so early. I said, Ah, they play at two oh seven. You said, What time did you say? I had a lot of meltdowns earlier. And today. then you, you were did. like, Man, baseball is sorry for all these <laughs> afternoon games. Uh, yeah, sorry. You came in with like you. You woke up this morning and chose violence yeah hate that phrase but yes uh but no you hit me with the uh back-to-back hv3 and there's a football game tonight and uh i got all over you and then i didn't know this game was happening by the way speaking of postseason baseball and uh look at your buccaneer music hall scoreboard update we got bases loaded first and second two outs the pitch and that is a ball four and the bait 
I shouldn't have said bases loaded. It was first. No, it was first and second. I know, yeah. <laughs> first and second. Now the bases are loaded. And there are two outs in the third inning. And the White Sox have a one nothing lead over the Astros. And the Astros are batting here in the top of the third. This is game four with the Astros leading two games to one. Coming up at 5-15, the Braves look to close out the Brewers. They're going to send Charlie Morton back to the mound as Atlanta tries to win their series over Milwaukee. And then later tonight, you got Giants-Dodgers. It was a one nothing final last night in that one, right? So uh, the Giants with an opportunity uh, to take down L.A. tonight as uh, they lead that series two games to one. That's 9 o'clock on TBS. Uh, no baseball tomorrow. No, there won't be. Uh, well, I know the Red Sox don't play until uh, Friday. If necessary, White Sox-Astros. So, if. Surely, surely we get it. The White Sox advance. Red Sox. What did I say? White, White Sox. Sox. Oh, I meant Red Sox. <laughs> Whatever color socks. So, that's a lot of baseball. They're playing like a regular season schedule now because if the White Sox win, they will play the Astros again tomorrow. And then game. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm breaking up. Game one of the ALCS will be Friday night. That is correct. All right. So there is that. A quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall School Board update brought to you by Dubuck. Dubuck. Also tonight, the NHL gets underway. Uh, it'll be the Penguins and Lightning at 730. Back on ESPN for the first time in a long time. You get to hear that NHL on uh, ESPN theme that I loved as a kid growing up. And then it'll be the brand new Seattle Kraken taking on the sort of new Vegas Golden Knights uh, coming up at 10.15 on ESPN. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. Mike Houston comments from earlier today. There's a drive in the left, and it's down. He's behind. One run will score. I'm always behind Studio B. Two runs will score. <laughs> a two-run double by... Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa with a two-run double, and it is two to one. Astros leading Come on, the White that happened Sox. like two minutes ago, dude. <laughs> Keep up with us. <laughs> All right, I'm watching now. Has Tony LaRusso's old ass finally made it to the mound? Because on my feed, he hasn't yet. No. He's, he's still, still walking. He's still walking. All right, let me know when he gets there. Uh, we will be back with you on Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? CompyPro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. We are at the midterm, and we're going to have some midterm grades. Great play. Race to first base, and he is out to end the top of the third inning Astros two 
White Sox won as they head to the bottom of the third. They are going to replay that one at first. And that is a quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. And he is out by a toe. All right. Uh, maybe one of the fairest schedules in ECU history. They get a a uh, bye week right at the midway point of the season. And the team they're playing is on a bye, the Houston Cougars. Um, I mentioned midterms a moment ago. Put it out on Twitter and Facebook today. We got a lot of responses as you graded the offense, defense, and special teams. We had some people that were throwing out grades for the coaching as well. So we'll get to all that uh, in hour three of today's show. Right now, we will hear from the head football coach of the Pirates, Mike Houston. Stephen Igo asked Mike Houston if, uh, after a loss like that, is it good to have a bye week or do you want to get right back on the field and play another game? This is cut two. I'd probably rather play. You know, that's. That was a tough one the other night, and it's, you know, I'm still I'm still waking up in the middle of the night with that one. So, um, you know, you, you you wish you had a game right now. You know, you you love if if you won that one, it's a great time for an open week, and that's the tough thing about it. You know, so close, but uh, you know, the good thing about it is it does give us a chance to heal up. You know, it does give us a chance to get some guys some rest that play a lot of snaps. It gives us a chance to really work on some things that we need to improve on. Uh, give us a little bit of extra prep time for the second half of the season because we have some different situations and you know we've got a really really good Houston team that we got to go down and face to start it and then a short week uh, to turn around South Florida and you know so it's just a lot of stuff coming right out of this open date so for those reasons it's a good time. All right, Mike Houston talked about the frustrations of losing a close game like the one against UCF. Cut three. Naturally, I'm biased. Okay. I don't think it should have come down to the last drive, just in my opinion, but that's my opinion. Uh, I thought our kids played very, very hard. I thought we did a lot of good things. I thought we missed a lot of opportunities. You know, first two drives of the ball game, to come up with no points is, is very frustrating. Um, you know, to, to be deep in the red zone so many times and only have one touchdown is very frustrating. Um, you know, to not be able to get, uh, you know, a couple of stops there in the second half is frustrating. Now, UCF's talent and ability have a lot to do with that. I mean, it's... You know, we walk out there, you know, to start the game, and you're looking like, I mean, they're a good-looking football team. They're athletic. They're big. Uh, they're, it's a good football team. Um, I, I feel like we should have won the game. That's just how I feel. A lot of fans feel the same way. I feel like they should have won that football game on Saturday night. Steve and I had a couple of clock-related questions for Mike Houston. We'll hear the question and the answer. There's a couple of questions in regards yep. to the clock, with six seconds left, you know, they wound the clock. Was there a miscommunication there? And then also when they were about – There was a lot right there. Was, when they were about to score, did you guys think about taking a timeout? Yeah, we did. Um, you know, when we had them on third and two on the goal line right there, they lined up in a, in a formation and a set that we worked all week. Uh, we had the call that we wanted, so Coach Harrell and I were in communication. We had one timeout left. If we had taken the timeout, it would have been to basically review what we did on the play anyway. Um we executed, we had a guy in the backfield, you know, four yards, four yards from the goal line. If he gets him on the ground right there, it's going to be fourth and fourth and four, and they got a decision to make if they want to kick it and send it to overtime or if they want to go for it and try to win the ball game. So I don't feel like it would have impacted the, the play call. Um, and that's just, you know, that's why we didn't, you know. And in the six seconds, what was the Yeah, so they, we called timeout but they stopped the play for review, so they gave us our timeout back. So they, uh, they said that the play clock would start 
on the ready-for-play whistle. So we were set, ready to snap the ball on the ready-for-play whistle. UCF calls timeout, but they said they had already set the clock. And so they, they at first they said they were going to give us the, the time back, and then come back and they didn't. So I went ahead and called the timeout, and we changed what we were going to do uh, right there with the last snap. We thought we might have a chance for, with the timeout, maybe a chance for two snaps. But, you know, it just ended up the way it was. All right, uh, some good questions, and Mike Houston explaining it there. Uh, the the clock related questions. I don't, I don't know if that three seconds really matters where they were on the field. If they were closer, maybe. But it, I don't know. Does it give you time to to run a quick play? Uh, Pirates at that point had too much time go off during the goal line stand chance that they had. And here was a good question, and I think a, a pretty good response by coach houston uh cut five surely did you think about letting ucf score at the end of the game to save you some time so you would get the ball back with say a minute over a minute left to play in one time out here's what he said not not in that situation i think there's situations there's situations to do that but you're sitting there with a three-point lead if you can hold them to a field goal uh, or a field goal attempt uh, then the game goes to overtime or you win it, one of the two. And that was, that was what we were trying to do. I mean, it's, there are situations where you do think about letting them score, but the, I, don't, I don't feel like that's one of them. I uh, think I agree with him there. I think if you are down or if you are up one or two. Yeah, if they're in a situation where the field goal gives them the lead, yeah, then I let them score because they're either going to get the lead on the field goal or on the touchdown. Um, I agree. Considering that they make the chip shot field goal, but you, you your defense has been hard nosed all game, and you want to see if they can get a stand there. But the question is, is that what if Gus would Gus Malzahn go for it on fourth and goal from the one yard line? Hmm. Well, I mean, that, but that's just a what if. Yeah, you know. But I think I, I agree with Coach there. Yeah, in that situation. We saw it again the the following day in the Browns Chargers game. That was a different. A different deal because those two teams had 40 plus points so they were just scoring at will so the browns did not only did they let the chargers score they forced the chargers to score by taking austin eckler and pulling him into the end zone it was kind of a a weird deal by the way if the chargers just don't want to score there take a knee why are they running the football yeah they he could fumble Any like type of nightmare could happen you know why? Because it's the Chargers, and they'll never figure out these late-game situations. They did get the win the other day, but uh, the Chargers are always in wild ones. But in that case, uh, the Browns let the Chargers score, got the ball back, and had an opportunity opportunity to go down the field and, uh, and try to win the game. They did not. Uh, ECU elected to try to stop UCF. The clock ran down. Just uh, kind of a tough spot all around. If Mike Houston does use his final timeout, UCF either scores and you do get the ball back with some time or they just continue to let the clock bleed you're out of timeouts and then also to let them get to let them get a touchdown puts a lot of confidence and a lot of pressure on your offense that really hasn't been able to do anything all day yeah the low scoring game I think affects that too exactly yeah um all right moving on Mike Houston cut six talks about the running game he was kind of asked that the run game had looked good going into UCF, did not look as good in Orlando, and uh, here was his response to that. Well, I think we did run the ball effectively in the in the second half. Um, I think that uh, UCF's defense, which we knew were you know was a stout group coming into the game, had a lot to do with some of our uh, you know struggles in the first half. But I thought we moved the ball 
uh, pretty well up and down the field. You know, our struggles came uh, in the red zone, and you know, it's a it's a combination of UCF and our execution. So, um, you know, I was I was pleased with how, especially the fourth quarter, the the long drive in the fourth quarter. I was very pleased with how we were able to run the ball against a very talented defense. All right, uh, cut seven, Shirley, talks about not being able to score. They, they brought up a particular drive, I think the first drive, but not being able to score in the red zone. It was an issue for East Carolina on Saturday night. So many of those drives, but yeah, the first drive of the ball game, but especially that drive because that's you, we're going to be in those ball games. I mean, we have put ourselves in a situation where we're going to be in close ball games in a very good conference against really good football teams. And, you know, if you can drive the ball like that late in the game and stick it in, well, you already have the lead, and now you go up two scores. Um, and that kind of a drive, it really takes a lot of wind out of your sails if you're the, on the other sideline. And that's, you know, that's the next step. And that's, you know, we've hung our hat on being able to do that over the years. And it's, uh, you know, when you can do that and you can throw the football and you can play good defense, you know, that's, that's when you turn into a team that wins a lot of ball games. And we're close. All right, getting close. Got to get over that hump. Um, you got to handle the the upperclassmen different than the lowerclassmen this week. The banged up players different from the healthy players. Mike Houston talked about the handling of the personnel during the bye week this week. Well, it's a case by case deal. You know, you can't you can't treat everybody the same because everybody's not the same. You know, you got to look at who's who's got what you know bumps and bruises and what what those bumps and bruises are. Uh, you know, who's played a ton of snaps and who hadn't played a ton of snaps and, you know, and what you're needing to work on. So it's, there's a lot. I mean, there's just so much that goes into the bye week. Um, you know, I think we had a, you know, yesterday was a lighter practice. Today was a heavy practice. And I, I thought there were a lot of good things we did. I thought that, you know, some of the uh, execution with the new scheme that we're working on for Houston, uh, you know, you had some ups and downs right there, which, which we talk about that every week. You're going to have that on that first first day of the week with the, the contact stuff. So, um, you know, want to have a same kind of energy practice tomorrow with better execution. Uh, and then I think we've got two good work days uh, and a good head start for getting ready for Houston next week. All right, there is Mike Houston. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We got more Mike Houston comments. Well, how is he handling South Florida? You got a bye week, then Houston, then a short week against USF. So when do you start to look at the Bulls? Also, Mike Houston takes a step back, big picture look at where the team, where the football program is after the 3-3 three and three start. We got some Holt Nailers and Mason Garcia talk from Mike Houston as well. And later on in the show, your grades. He graded out the Pirates offense, defense, and special teams through six games in the 2021 season. We'll have all those for you later on in today's show. We got Pirate football talk, and we'll mix in some Pirate hoops, some NHL and some college football gambling uh, coming up in hour number two. A lot more to go on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. And for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner, be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. Follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram at PR927FM. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at free at PR927FM. 
Join the over 50,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Rock. All right. The, the Braves lineup has been posted for game four today. The outfield goes Adam Duvall in left. Pearl, Jock Peterson, is in right. And Guillermo Heredia in center field. Where's Jorge Soler? Uh, it has just been announced that he has tested positive for COVID-19. Ooh. And was wondering how the Braves' postseason downfall would start this year. And here is the first shoe to drop. I just got a super bad feeling about the whole damn thing. Oh, no. Hopefully that's wrong. Maybe that feeling is indigestion or something. Had a late <laughs> lunch. Uh, but Christian uh, Pache will now be replacing Solaire on the NLDS roster. So uh, there's that. Braves and Brewers go at it at 515. Uh, right now, the Astros have a runner on third with no outs in the fourth inning, and they have a 2-1 lead. White Sox have the infield pulled in as uh, they play their game four Astros up 2-1 in the series and some Uh, aggressive uh, base stealing and base running they stole both bases oh I saw him still second did not see him take third yeah there you go third yeah uh all right uh there's a look at your Buccaneer music hall scoreboard update brought to you by Da Buck Da Buck (laughs) let's uh let's take uh, another look at the mike houston comments as a matter of fact you might want to take a listen to them because it's hard to see words that are being said verbally do we not agree uh yes <laughs> okay uh I, you just looked at me like i was supposed to do something and i was not, like uh just making sure that you agree that it is difficult to see words that are said verbally unless you're watching something that provides closed captioning uh, have you guys watched Only Murders in the Building? No, I have not. And I Surely need to. you would love it because it's got Martin Short in it, and I love anything and Steve that Martin. Mar- yeah, I love anything that Martin Short is in. Chandler, you don't watch anything, so you haven't seen it. No, I told you I wanted to start watching Squid Game. Yeah, on uh, the Netflix there, uh, but Only Murders in the Building. It has like a um, there is a deaf character in the show. And it has a whole episode that is there's some words being said, but most of it is him lip reading. Oh, okay. And also uh, text and things like that. So there's not a lot of audio in the episode, but it's very unique. It was a really cool episode. There was an episode. Uh, of course, anybody who knows me well enough knows that I am a diehard Buffy the Vampire Slayer television show fan. Sarah Michelle Geller. Yes and they, in season four there was an episode it was actually emmy nominated uh called hush and it was kind of like a halloween type episode but it wasn't quite but it was an episode where basically the the cast members voices were taken so they could not speak and they had to communicate and the entire episode uh did not have but maybe a handful of dialogue but it was really really well done it, uh, yeah, this one was unique. It was uh, the guy kept like peeking through and and reading lips. The the deaf uh, person on the show and was like, people talk too much. Like he signed yeah. that or whatever. But as uh, <clears throat> and if you're ever interested in that kind of thing, there is a movie that's called Coda, which is short for Child of Deaf Adults. 
uh, which I am one. So, um, but it's a very good movie, but it kind of gives you insight on the the deaf world. There you so. go. All right. I, I don't know. Moving on to. Sorry, we got there. Yeah, we, 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 we of That's course. on me. Yeah. Uh, how much are you looking into South Florida since you'll face them on a bye week? That was a question asked to Mike Houston today. Uh, or face them on a short week, I should say. Cut number nine, Charlie. We're preparing the game plan, uh, coaching staff wise. We're not going to work it uh, with our team, but we're going to prepare the game plan this week because when we get back at whatever time in the morning, Sunday morning, uh, a week from now, you know, it'll be, we'll wake up and it's going to be Sunday and Tuesday all at the same time with no Monday. And so it's, uh, you lose the prep time is the big thing you lose. We'll adjust the practice schedule to make sure that the kids are, are ready and they're rested. But the prep time, you're going to lose a day, a day and a half that you, you're not going to get back. So, All right. Uh, Coach Houston uh, was also asked if he's looking at some of his younger wide receivers to step up during the bye week. We have not seen, obviously, a ton of Mason Garcia. We have not seen uh, anything behind Keaton Mitchell and Rajay Harris at running back. And we really haven't seen any of the young receivers play that much as well. It's been... C.J. Sneed, Audi. Who am I missing at the receiver position? Uh, Josiah Hatfield. Anybody else? Aside from your tight ends? Not counting Calhoun and Jones. So who have you mentioned again? You know, the the Sneed, Audi, C.J. Hatfield. I mean... That's been about it. Yeah, yeah that's been about it, yeah. They have been able to, uh, to use a pretty tight roster... With not a lot of backups as the Astros tack on another Still run. Still haven't seen Taji Hudson. Yeah, Hudson, Savage. Uh, Jeff Charles said on Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate that Cam Burnett is injured. So, uh, you know, a reason we, we haven't seen much in. But really, uh, they are sticking with the vets here. And uh, I think it was Igo that asked if uh, he's looking at some of his younger receivers and new receivers to step up during this bye week. Yeah, and that's – we. We talked about it. We had several of them that we were, you know, getting extra reps today. Uh, you know, being very deliberate with trying to get some of those young guys to come along a little bit more. And you know, when you talk about those guys, it's just they're all at different places. You know, Jari Patterson's at one place, Kerry King's at another place. You know, those are two guys that just popped to my mind. You know, right out of the gate. Um, you know, the guys that have been playing a good bit. Uh, you know, they could. You know, they, they're not going to get quite as much work this week. And. Uh, and you know you got to kind of balance that with making sure they get enough to stay sharp and improve on things that we uh, we need to do better. All right, uh, Mike Houston took a big picture look at where his team is right now, three and three, in year three, and uh, here's what he had to say. Lib. Well, I think it's like I said uh, yesterday. We, we talked kind of big picture with the, the players on Sunday um, because I thought that you could, you could step back and do that this week. Um, uh, it's next week's a big week. Every week's a big week uh, because you know it's you know when 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 I when I took this job and you look at everything that makes ECU great, uh, you know a big piece of that was you know our fan base. You know it's football is important here and our fans are passionate uh, and they you know they they want to see they want to see the success on the field the same as we do and that's that's what you want. You want fans that care. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to get everybody rowing in the same direction, whether it's talking about, you know, administration, fans, players, coaches, everybody, you know, because we all want the same thing. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's a deal where I've, I've got confidence in where our team is mentally right now. Um, 
And, you know, I think that the a loss like the other night is frustrating, uh, especially coming off a three-game win streak and playing so well on homecoming against Tulane. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I see where our team is now that you, you're in those frustrating losses against really good teams in this league. Now it's, it's time to, you know, have, you know, just phenomenal wins against that team. Because, you, you know, you win that thing 16-13 or whatever the other night. I mean, you're, it's a celebration like no other down in that locker room in, in Florida. I mean, because it's – the guys that were in that locker room two years ago, it's completely flipped. And so, yeah, it's, it's a – this is a big part of our season, but we're excited. I mean, I'm, I can't wait to get down to Houston a week from Saturday. It's, they're a really good football team, 5-1, and one, playing very well, uh, talented on both sides of the ball. But I'm excited to see our team go down there and play. And uh, that's, that's the big thing we're focusing on right now is, you know, we have a chance to go down there and, and, and play a really good football team and, and hopefully come home with a win. And that's, that's just a, that's a long ways from where, we, where, where we've been. And uh, I'm excited about that. And uh, I want our fan base to be excited about it. Our players are excited about it. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I, I'm, it's bye week. You know, I'm going to enjoy some things you enjoy during bye week. We're going to get on the road recruiting later end of the week. Uh, but I'm ready for game week again. Mike Houston fired up uh, once again, three and three. First time in a long time we've been able to have realistic bowl aspirations and expectations this late into a football season. An opportunity to kind of put a spoiler on on Houston season thus far, as they are undefeated in conference play and thinking they might be the team to uh, to compete with Cincinnati at the end of the year for the championship let me see when houston has smu i would love them to have them the week after ecu for a potential uh look ahead but houston <laughs> has east carolina and then the following week at home against smu little look ahead there speaking of which we'll talk to wager mcgee on wednesday loves a good look ahead so yeah they don't play cincinnati they're going to be favored in every game the rest of the way, maybe outside of SMU. So that is their biggest game left on the schedule right now. So Houston uh, going to be looking ahead to SMU. Pirates going to go there, pick them off, get a dub, come back home, and lose to South Florida. Just kidding. Uh, but they, I, I don't know. I feel good about that now that I looked that up. All right. Uh, I... So, the other night, Old Nailers in the red zone, has the ball, gets kind of out of the pocket. There's nothing in front of him. Could have ran for a first down, potentially a touchdown. We all look at that play. We say, why didn't he run? Well, what is he – are the coaches telling him not to run? Why did he make a decision to throw that ball to C.J. Johnson in the right far corner of the end zone? It goes incomplete. Why? Why, why, why did that happen? Well, we asked Holton Aylers yesterday. He said, I should have ran. I made made a bad decision to not run the football. Uh, instead, he threw it to CJ. Uh, so, yeah, he made a bad decision on the fly. Mike Houston was asked about that play as well, and here's what he said, cut 12. Yeah, and it's something we've we've we've, we've harped on a lot with him. And I just – I, I mean, I was – talking to him immediately after the play on the sideline right there too and it's something we've been very uh, you know very deliberate this week with putting him in those situations and he he, he knows I mean he sees it I mean he easily would have gotten the first down 
I think he would have had a it would have been a bang bang play at the pylon. So you're talking about a touchdown. Uh, now he's got a lot of faith in CJ. We all do, but that's a low percentage throw there in the back of the end zone, and it's it's one where he's he's got to he's got to take advantage of his abilities in that situation uh, because it was you know there's a lot of green grass between him and the next UCF defender. Um, yeah, you can't you can't play the shoulda coulda woulda game. You know that's that's just not it. We've got to do a better job preparing him. That's the big thing, and that's that's the same way with some of the you know pull reads and give reads and stuff that we didn't do a good job with the other night. We've got to do a better job preparing he and Mason, uh, and that was a big emphasis in today's practice. All right, and speaking of Mason Garcia, a reporter uh, today noted uh, noticed that Garcia was not throwing at practice. He asked Coach Houston about that. Yeah, he's a little banged up. You know, from that play the other night, you know, there's an old adage that when, you know, sometimes when, when you mess up, you're the one that gets, you know, gets the brunt end, brunt end of it. And, uh, you know, it was a give read. He pulled it, and he pulled it straight into two unblocked defenders. So, uh, you know, he'll be fine. He'll probably throw tomorrow. But uh, we, gave him, we gave him a day off from throwing today. All right, a nice bye week Q&A with Mike Houston. We'll hear more from Coach Houston, Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell on Wednesday. We won't have it on the show because those conversations will happen later in the day. So we'll have it up on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on a Wednesday evening. We'll have the audio version for you coming up Thursday on Pirate Radio Live. We will talk Pirate Hoops, football, and uh, everything with Steven Igo coming up uh, Wednesday on the show. He joins me in the 4 o'clock hour. We've got uh, Troy D. and Bryce Williams in the 5 o'clock hour. Some Wager McGee on Wednesday as well, and the voice Jeff Charles. So, a uh, big Wednesday show on tap right here on Pirate Radio Live. We will take a timeout when we return. We'll talk Pirate Hoops on this bye week in football. Cy Seymour will join us on the other side. I want to hear his scouting report on the new faces on this ECU basketball roster. We'll continue on our Bud Light ECU report and talk Pirate basketball when we return after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business organization or event we'll keep it local and print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com the official sportswear provider of pirate radio for 18 years now let's head back in to pirate pirate radio live here's your host clip rock all righty back with you on pirate radio live here on a tuesday braves and brewers coming up at 5 15 jorge soler tested positive for COVID-19 it will be put on the 10 day per the rules um so I believe I, I read that Solaire if the Braves make it to the NLCS would be out for games one through five I said earlier that this gave me a an awful feeling about tonight and this series but during the break I walked outside there was an older gentleman walking in UBE mm-hmm. he had a suite 
and I mean sweet, Dale Murphy. I don't even know if it was. Oh. I don't know if it was a jersey. I think it was like a batting, a BP jersey, royal blue, big three, and Murphy on the back. Nice. And it, it gave me a, a better feeling heading into this game. I felt like that was a sign that said it was kind of like a rainbow, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, God sent a, an older guy with a Dale Murphy jersey to to give me a good My vibe. My mom has a Dale Murphy, but it's a jersey, but it's the powder blue. Oh, yeah. This one was more of the royal blue yeah. like I'm wearing here. Did you tell him that you liked it? I said, go Braves. And he said, yes, sir. He said, did you hear about Solaire? <laughs> <laughs> we, had a, we had a moment out there. So uh, feeling a little better. Well, if he did hear about Solaire, then he's a step ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Got me. That older guy <laughs> knew about HV3, tonight's college football game, and Solaire all before you did, Chandler. <laughs> All right, Astros lead the White Sox 5-1. to one. They're in the fourth inning. A quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. Houston uh, just gives up a base hit. Uh, your scoreboard presented by Dubuck. Dubuck. All right, let's head out to the Fixed NC Live line. It's a bye week. It's a perfect time to talk some ba- – it's always a good time to talk basketball with Cy Seymour, but a great time uh, right now as he joins us on the Fixed NC Live line. Cy, great to talk with you, man. How you doing? Always good to talk to you, Cliff. Great piece of trivia here. I go to see the Braves and the Cubs play. I don't know how long ago. It was Smoltz versus Maddox. Maddox was mm. with the Cubs. Okay. Smoltz with the Braves. Bobby Cox got kicked out because <laughs> Maddox was getting every call, and they lost. And Maddox won. I mean, he beat them. It was a tremendous game. Who would have thought they would have been on the same team later on? And Bobby said, if you can't beat them, join them. So he said, we got to get that Maddox guy. That's right. That's right. Great times there. Uh, so that's when I first started coming up with the Braves in the early 90s. I kind of remember the Bob Horner, Dale Murphy, Ozzy Virgil, like those days. But uh, those early 90s Braves is when I got into it. Yes, they were good. But it's basketball time. Too. It's basketball. Why are we talking baseball? It's basketball season. Cy, so uh, wanted to get you on to get to know some of the new faces. But first, uh, Let's talk about, to, to Pirate fans, what is coming back. They'll recognize, of course, Joe Dooley on the sidelines and a few other players, right, side with, um, off the top of my head, you've got Tristan Newton, I believe uh, Tremont Robinson-White, Brandon Suggs, Luigi DeBeau. Uh, is that the uh, the list of returners for this team? And J.J. Miles. And J.J. Miles. Forgot about J.J., who's going to come back strong as a shooter. So. Yeah, yeah. So that's what you got coming back. And, Cy, we, we want to see, uh, obviously, development out of those guys. They're not young players anymore. So we'll see what we have in the newcomers. But at first, anyway, uh, you would think Joe Dooley's going to be counting on some of those guys to, to bring along the new faces. I think you I think you will see those guys step in. But what you what you really have to realize here, too, Cliff, and I, I, Cliff, and I, I really believe this, I'm – I think Joe Dooley thinks that his starting lineup will have the three transfers from the portal that are from Power Five schools. Hmm. I mean, uh, Winston Tabs. If people understand what we got in Tabs, uh, he was an ACC player. For example, he got 24 against Minnesota, 23 against St. John's, 19 against NC State. This guy's not a fluke player. This guy is a real player, and and played on the highest level. He's six two. I went over and spoke to him one day, and I said, are you ready? He said, I am so ready to get out there and play. So he, he's ready to go. Uh, 
and, and then when you look at Vance Jackson, I, I, I can still remember Vance Jackson when he was recruited. He was a four-star recruit by Southern Cal, Arizona, and UConn. UConn had just won the national championship with Ollie. Mm-hmm. He goes to UConn, and he's a 6'9", 40% shooter. That's what he was, a three-point shooter. And so he – but what happens is Ollie gets fired, he moves around, the kid moves around, finished his career at Arkansas, Joe picks him up. And Joe, uh, Coach Dooley, and, 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 you know, practice one day, he's sitting there just – they're just getting started, and he hits 17 straight threes. I mean, he, he, he is a 6'9", and you got to understand, these guys we're talking about, he's, a, he's like a fifth or sixth-year guy, so his body is there. You know, it's not something you have to get new. And then the big kid uh, that I think is also going to help him, I didn't think he would be this big, and that's the kid inside, Frank. He, he is – They got him listed at 270, at 6'8". I, see, when, I, when, when you think of uh, a lot of kids, I'm looking for freshmen. They're not. These yeah. older kids that are ready to play, and he can shoot the three ball too. So he's got he, – he was going to be the starting center at South Carolina. So my point is, he, Joe has got some really good players to go along with a lot of talented guys, Tristan Newton, uh, the, like you're talking about, the, Tremont. These guys are players that can help East Carolina to build this program. I mean, when you look up and you've got, you know, Brandon Suggs is a player and Tristan Newton's a player. Uh, you know, so J.J.'s been in the lineup. Uh, you've got uh, Luigi that can play some. I think probably Luigi will back up of the big kid in South Carolina. So you've got these newcomers that are older players that, that have experience uh, that you mentioned in Tabs and Jackson and Frank. How about the uh, the, the actual new player side and, and the fact that they're freshmen, the younger guys? And R.J. Felton uh, has one of the most impressive highlight reels you'll see for a player coming to East Carolina. Uh, how's that going to translate to his first year in college? Is, is he get on the court as a freshman side? Yes, he, he's going to get. He is that kid that you know. I I love. I mean, he's a six two six three fearless kind of guy that uh, that can just. He's not going to be intimidated by anybody. He he looks like a tight end, and he is physical. And he's only a freshman, so I really like him. I, I like Reyes. I think Reyes is six seven, going to be smooth. And, and going to be a very good player. Tay Moser's a shooter. That's what he does. His job is to shoot the, the basketball. Leston is not there yet. He's there, but he's not physically ready because he didn't play a lot last year because of COVID. Yeah. 6'9", 200 size sounds like a, a stick. He's not. He's not a stick. Okay. He need, he need, he's not a stick. And he's, he, in fact, he will – he will probably lose uh, some weight now because they might list him as 200, but he's bigger than that. Okay. And he really needs to get in shape. And they're working on him to get in shape. Uh, Brandon Johnson, we picked up late. He's a Roseville kid who, who really came on in high school at the end of the year and then went down to uh, Brunswick Community College, had a good career. And we picked him up. Uh, it's, it's crazy how it all plays out. It looked like he was going to Old Dominion. It looked like he might go to Maryland, and he ends up with us. That's how crazy it all is. That was a that was really an interesting thing in the late late summer this year. Uh, it really, he was getting ready to travel to, to uh, Maryland, 
And uh, Maryland recruited a kid right out from under, and it was Old Dominion, 6'8 kid. So he says, well, I may go to Old Dominion, and ECU got him for Old Dominion. Hmm. So, you know, that's the kind of it, – it's, it's nuts right now <laughs> with the portal. It's yeah. completely crazy. You can't figure it all out. But I, lo- I really do like the recruits that Joe's gotten in. I like, I like the young kids. They're, they're all really good basketball players. I'll tell you who's a really good one that, that Joe, I think the coaching staff really likes, and that's Javon Small. I think Javon is going to be a, go- a guard that's going to get a lot of time. He's going to push the guards that have played for East Carolina. Uh, and I'm talking about the point guards. He's tough. But Tremont can – can really go, and uh, Tristan, Tristan is, I think will be a key player for this thing. Tristan Newt. Let me ask you about a, a couple of questions. So let's talk body types real quick. And Brandon Suggs is a guy that you like on your team because he'll defend and he'll get in there and rebound and he'll do everything. He's just he's got that body type side that is tough to just it's tough to put weight on him. So how is he right now coming in as a well, would be a junior, I guess, a COVID sophomore. Has he been able to get any bigger, any thicker on that body? He he is just a little bit bigger, but he seems more confident and at, and at ease. Mm-hmm. He seems like, I, and he's always known where to be and known what to do. So I, I don't, I think Brandon, a guy like Brandon's always going to have playing time and do a good job for you. Uh, so he 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 will be good for this ball club. But I also like that I love I like the freshmen in that they're going to be good too. They're going to get there. They're just not there yet, and uh, they will. And I asked, I asked about Brandon because he can rebound, and you're talking about these six nine guys that are on the perimeter shooting threes, and that's the way basketball has, has come these days. Size, you know, that everybody's stepping outside shooting threes. But at, at some point, you need a, a defensive stop inside or a rebound. Can these bigger guys uh, that ECU has on the roster get those rebounds? How, how are we going to do uh, that part of it? Yeah, I think they'll be the four and five. I think Jackson will be at the four, and mm-hmm. I think. Frank. South Carolina will be at the five, and they can. Yes, they can do that. And the problem's going to be on the other end. Somebody's got to guard those guys. Right. That's they're going to be very difficult to guard on the other end. The biggest last year they were showing some percentages. I was looking up some statistical stuff on, on levels at ECU. Last year, uh, ECU faced a zone twenty-seven percent of the time. That's the highest amount, thirteenth highest amount. There are three hundred sixty teams, three hundred fifty teams. They are the that's the highest amount of zone. Uh, they rank 13. That, that's really high because we can shoot it well. So they just you know today's world you got to play a lot of man because the three ball is so easy to hit. But we ECU struggled with the three ball, so they ended up seeing a zone 27 percent of the game, hmm. which is really unusual. And so I think with these shooters now you got to play a little bit more man, and it's going to be difficult. Cy Seymour joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. One, a question about Tremont, who's put up some big scoring games, and we love the speed side. His issue has been that he hadn't been able to, to really stay 100% healthy. When he came in, we had to wait around to see him due to health, and he's had spurts where he's been banged up. So how is he health We'll start with him, and then we'll go over the whole team. But how is he uh, health-wise right now, Cy? Health-wise, he's much better. He looks good. I always like him because he plays defense. Yeah. But uh, his, his weakness has been the three ball. I mean, yeah. shooting it. He struggled with that. And the thing is, with this ball club, the pressure's not going to be on him to make them. There's going to be guys that can make them. 
but uh, he, he looks good. So We've had a lot of guys like uh, Brock Young and Miguel Paul over the years to penetrate and kick. Now, Tremont hasn't had a lot around him to kick to, but maybe he will this year, Si. Yeah, I think so. And I think Tristan Newton could end up at that point. So Think about it. Tristan is 6'5 and tough to handle. I mean, huh. he can do some things for you, too. So, And then you bring in the new kid, uh, and I think he's going to hit Javon Small. So they're, they're going to be they're going to find the right mix and the right chemistry there because you got. It, it's funny that you talk about those that position. They're all different, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tristan, long, tall, gets in the paint, can finish. Uh, and then when you look at Tremont, quick off the dribble, can kick it. Uh, he can do that. Javon's a kind of a mixture of both. He can go inside because he's strong but he can also step back and shoot it, and he makes good decisions. Uh, the key will probably be who plays the best defense. Uh, you know, can you can you stop that point guard? You know, can can you stop a guy like uh, Kendrick Davis, who's the best player in the league at Houston? I mean, SMU. Th- those are the things you got to do. I mean, it's, a, it's such a good league. Si, how are we doing it? It wouldn't be an ECU basketball season without somebody being banged up going into the year. So, is anybody not 100% right now as we are about a month away? Well, JJ, um, excuse me. Uh, right now, everybody seems to be getting there. Winston is the last one to get really, uh, he's not there yet. Mm-hmm. He, they had a little work with, done with him in the offseason. He's getting there. And like I said, the kid. Uh, the big kid, Leston, he he's mm-hmm. going to take a while to get in shape, and it's literally because they didn't play many games and they didn't play last year. Yeah, so I see more joining us. Uh, so bottom line, Cy Redbeard, we we know you as the ultimate uh, optimist, Cy. He says, so do we need to get hotels in New Orleans for the Final Four this year? Should Pirate fans go ahead and get ready? Well, I don't. I think you're going to see improvement <laughs> in the Final Four. I think you're. I think you're going. When you see this team, you're going to say they've got a chance to win a lot more games than they're predicted to win. Right now, when you look at the at all the uh, media outlets, they pick ECU as you know 11th and, and yeah. Florida 12th. Uh, basically, that's what they're saying. I don't see that with this team. I, I just think the talent level is is maybe the I think it is the highest I've seen. Now, can they? Can they bash and get together? And I think other teams are going to have the same problem. See, this was a madhouse this year. <laughs> the portal was crazy. Yeah. And so you've got kids going all over the place and playing for different people. So it's going to be that kind of year. Yeah. I just thought about, you know, even at doing basketball games, you know, I never saw Wichita live last year. I don't even know the new coach that <laughs> we didn't even play them. Right. So, you know, it's it's really, and yet they won the league, or was they were tied with the league championship. It, it it is crazy, and then you look at Memphis. All of a sudden, they get two of the top players in the country to go along with all the talent that they have, and you add Larry Brown and Rasheed Wallace as coaches. And Larry Brown, I don't care what anybody says anywhere, he is an unbelievable basketball coach. Whether you like him, dislike him, let me tell you something: if he lets Penny lets him do on the floor stuff and do do what he does well. They're going to be tough to beat. They're going to be really, really good. Maybe you were a year early on uh, on your praises for Memphis. This is probably the year that they uh, they get in and maybe make a run in March. And you know what? You know what the truth is. Think about last year. Yeah, 
they won the NIT by 20 points. I mean, they really got kind of – I thought we, the league got taken. We should have had at least three teams in. Yeah. I don't. If Memphis had gotten in the NCAA, I'm not sure we would not have had three teams in the Sweet 16. Yeah. That's a bold statement, but I'm telling you, at the end of the year, nobody was coming close to Memphis. I honestly, I hadn't looked at it, side as far as what's back and, and the recruiting. I know Memphis had a, a major haul, but is uh, Samson and Houston, are they still the, the top dog? I, I think it's they're picking Houston to be the top dog, but I'm not sure, sure that Memphis getting right. the top five players in the country, uh, along with their talent returning, I'm not sure they're not the best ball club. I mean, when you look up and and they get the big kids that they got, and you got Landers Nolly, who I think Landers Nolly, I think you got three guys that, with the two others. Landers Nolly returning is is one of the best players, uh, not only in the Atlantic Coast Conference. I mean, was he was all Atlantic Coast Conference when he was at Virginia Tech. Now he's at Memphis, and he's unbelievable. He can shoot it. He can do it all. He did last year for them. And, and he's back to go along with two superstars that were really the top kids, Bates and Duran. Uh, I mean, they're without some of these kids, but they could be uh, the, one of the top teams in the country. I really believe that. Kenyonis is back. They're loaded. I mean, just loaded. Duran's back. They, they could really be something else. Side final question. I did. I never thought this would be a legitimate question, but but it is. It, it, for East Carolina, in your talks with Joe Dooley now, and, and in your opinion, is it more important to land high school recruits or to to get in that transfer portal and to land those guys moving forward for East Carolina? Like, it, it, I, go ahead. What what do you think? I, I know a lot of the coaches now are just simply saying we're recruiting the portal. Right. That's how that's how much the game has changed. I, uh, Clemson just hired a guy to recruit the portal. <laughs> he can't be on the floor. It's a fourth assistant. But they can't you, – you're going to only have three assistants. This assistant's job, his only job, is to when somebody goes in the portal, this guy checks him out, watches game film, and that's what he does. Hmm. They recruit that portal. That's where we are, Clip. It's, it's a totally different world. Jankovic at, at SMU says we're going to do more and more recruiting in the portal. Uh and what, what I like about Joe, Coach Dooley, it's very rare you get a guy that loves recruiting and he can recruit both, both places. I, like this year, I think he got the best of both worlds. Now, yeah. I don't realize, we got three power five starters. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's unusual. And, and, and he got four or whatever we got – four or five guys that are really good players from high schools. And you got the returners. It really is like a mixed bag with this team, Si. Yeah. yeah. And you've got the guys back that you want yeah. back that can play. Right. So, And I think Coach Dool is excited. I think he's really excited about this ball club. It's a matter of working out, practicing, getting some game situations, and building up. But I can tell you, Clip, when you watch them, you will say, man, these guys are big, and they can play. Now, look, this league can play. I'm, I, make no look. We had we had a team in the final four, uh, and we had the other team won the NIT. I mean, this is this is not a fluke thing. This is very very tough. So I, I like where we're headed, uh, but I'm gonna tell you, 
every game out is going to be a war for Coach Dooley. If the chemistry's right, they can be very, they can have a really good year. Well, Cy, you did it again. I thought this year would be different, but you got me excited for ECU basketball. You, you, you really will. <laughs> Y'all will enjoy it. Trust me on this. Yes, sir. No, don't trust me. No, no, don't trust me because I like to watch the football team. But what I'm saying is, if you can try to convince me their defense is worth a damn, I'm really a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even going to bring them up with you today. I'm so mad. But uh, um, I'm, I, they just frustrate me. Yeah. Well, Cy, you did. Uh, I appreciate it, man. I love talking hoops with you. I can't wait to see him for myself. We'll be in the uh, section two thirteen with my dad, rooting him on this year. So, we'll see what happens. Like, I, I just hope it all gels because the yeah. are going to be a real freak. Okay. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, you're on the record for the 40th straight year, Cy, saying ECU is going to be better this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Four team in the country. Hey, we beat the number four team in the country. Sai, <laughs> si, you're the man. We'll uh, we'll have a lot of these hoops talks. Uh, if you're uh, if you're willing, we're gonna give you phone calls all year long, like we always do. So I'll be willing. You know I'll be willing. All right, man. Come to you, Cliff. You're top. I'll be ready. Thank you, man. Sai, always enjoy it. Thank you. You too. See you later. All right, he did it. He, he got me fired up. Got me ready to go. Tabs. Frank, this is Vance Jackson. Let's do it. This is the year. Back in the uh, tournament this year, folks. Cy Seymour got me ready to roll again for another year of Pirate Basketball. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll uh, talk some college football lines with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. He won with the Pirates last week. Was still disappointed they didn't pull it out, but talk about that uh see if he's got to play for tonight's game ab state and louisiana that and more on the way on pirate radio live back with you after this You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back from sales to service Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net if you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle greenville auto world has a full service and repair facility brakes oil changes tires inspections and they can repair any kind of vehicle greenville auto world across from speedway at bell's fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net thanks to tim sutton and jim rogers for their participation of the program now let's head back in to prl here's clip Brock. Bye week for East Carolina, but a lot of football on tap. Let's talk about it now with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, as he joins us on the Fixed NC Live line. And big man, how you doing today? Pretty good, Cliff. How are you? We're doing all right. Off week for East Carolina, so uh, got a little time to look at some other things and take a breather. But Jeff, looking back at Saturday, uh, glad the Pirates got the cover for you. Uh, of course, we have talked about the loss and the way ECU lost that game on Saturday night uh, at nauseum at this point. But uh, ECU covers probably should have came out of there with a win on Saturday night, don't you think? 
Yeah, that was kind of my thought. I, I felt like they were in the uh, in, in the tra- trajectory to win the football game. I mean, but this is kind of what they do. I mean, it, and like I don't got to keep reliving it to your fan base. You know that as well. Uh, it sucks. I mean, that would have went a long way, I think, in helping ECU qualify for a bowl game. But, um, you know, I don't really know what to say. It sucks. Um, you know, hopefully you know, there's some winnable games still in the schedule. They have three wins. I mean, you should beat Navy. You should beat – Tampa and you should beat South Florida. I think if you can do that, you go to a bowl game. It's pretty simple. So there's really no room for error uh, anymore with East Carolina. You got to maybe also try to find a way to win one of these Houston or Memphis yeah. games. But you look at those road Houston Memphis games because can you really can you count on East Carolina to to win the games you're supposed to win? It still feels like right. they might get quote unquote upset once. So you might need to pull one. A pretty good pass offense. I know you want to be balanced and whatever, but you're not going to get 222 yards at a Keaton Mitchell, uh, you know, every game. So you got to be a little bit more balanced. I think they need to throw the football more. Yeah, uh, well, that doesn't seem uh, to be the mo of this coaching staff. We'll see what wrinkles they add coming up during the bye week. Uh, Jeff, let's. Uh, hey, we got some Tuesday night football tonight, so we'll dive in there first. Appalachian State on the road at Louisiana. Hadn't really followed the uh, the Cajuns much this year. Had a great, you know, 2020. Haven't heard much from them in 2021. App State, pretty solid, and it shows that they're a road favorite tonight. Total at 57. Any interest in this uh, fun belt game going on? Yeah, they call this the fun belt, um, which it continues these goofy cycling. <laughs> Everybody's got to have a marketing, uh, you know, slogan, Jeff. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's really that fun, though. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess, you know, these degenerates love it because it's Tuesday. That, there you go. It's actually, a pretty, it's actually a pretty good game. Yeah. These are two of the better teams in this conference. Um, I don't think Lafayette is what I think a lot of us thought they'd be. They don't have the same, I think, moxie that they've had in years past. It was still a pretty good football team. But you know, to me, App State, and, and you guys know this because you saw them, this is probably the class of the, uh, uh, of the uh, Sun Belt. Um, you know, you like what they have a quarterback in Chase Bryce. Um, I just feel like whatever App State plays, they're, they're better than their opponents. I kind of look at this game, though, Clip. You know, if you're going to throw four and a half, five points here, I kind of looked at this game like I looked at Marshall a couple weeks ago when they played App State. I just felt like this came down to a field goal, uh, that kind of game. But I think App State's better on both sides. Um, you know what I did, Clip? I um, I didn't want to lay 180, 190 with App State on the money line. And Again, this goes away from really everything I do. I hate parlays, but sometimes if I see this kind of standalone game, I'll look for something to kind of pair it with to get the juice down a little bit. I feel like if you get three and a half, I don't hate that number, but I actually played the money line. I played it with a World Cup qualifier that I think has a high uh, frequency to win. Mm. Um, But I think if if you can get three and a half here, I think App State's probably worth the play. I think they're pretty much better than every team in this conference. They definitely have the... The stereotype that they win but don't win by a lot. I hear that from a lot of places. I hear it from you, Jeff, and it seems to be true. So, yeah, if you could uh, find something else you feel comfortable with and maybe get them at a pick them or, like you said, maybe buy it down to three or two and a half or whatever, that might be the route to go. I will say, too, also, you mentioned the the effectiveness and the close games that usually happen when App State plays. Keep in mind, Louisiana's kicking situation. Now, why I know this is is weird, but – their kicking situation is a complete mess. They're starting kickers out for the year. They have a backup in. He's not 
have been very good. So that could be kind of an important thing to watch in this kind of game. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Jeff, let's, uh, I'm going to run over some top 25 games that catch my eye, and then we'll go back to what you like in college football coming up this weekend. Uh, kudos to Kentucky. They have kind of, they, they've, of course, they pulled the upset on Florida, took care of business against LSU. They've won the games they're supposed to win, pulled an upset over the Gators, if you want to call it that. But now it gets real. They go on the road at Georgia. Georgia, a big favorite in this game as they continue to just smother opponents. We saw it again last week against Auburn. You said, uh, if, you know, if the Georgia totals stay under 50, you're going to keep. Uh, pounding those we got another one right there in the mid 40s in this game and it's just a matter of you know how much can kentucky score can they keep pace at all uh with the bulldogs on saturday yeah i played uh under under 45 and and you 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 listen uh, effectively because that's exactly what i said if we keep getting these mid 40 totals i'm gonna be in um it's just too high um, you know, and I'm wondering at what point books are going to stop getting beat on this and put these at like 41 and a half. Um, throw in the fact that, look, I like Georgia's offense. I don't love it. I don't love Stetson Bennett. That was kind of my question, Jeff. Like, yeah. the only thing that makes me nervous about it is what if they have one of those offensive explosions or what if they score two defensive touchdowns? It's not really the opponent at this point. It's like, can Georgia get that number by themselves almost? Yeah, I – not against Kentucky, I don't yeah. think. I think Kentucky's probably the best defensive team they've seen, at least thus far. Um, you know, Arkansas might have something to say about that. But, um, you know, Arkansas, you know, struggled a bit. I, I think Kentucky does a little bit better. I could have had this game like what we saw on Saturday. I think it's like just south of 45, you know, maybe 31-10, um, 28-13, something like that. I think Kentucky's really good on the defensive end as well. I don't know how good Will Levis is. I think Chris Rodriguez will obviously struggle against a really good defensive front. And we always have to talk about the fact that Georgia can likely shut their opponent out. Um, again, I don't understand why books haven't adjusted to this. I think at the lowest, you probably got to look at 41-42 going forward with Georgia. Um, because, again, 34-10, um, you're going to get beat uh, on, on those. So, I think for me, I'm looking at 45s and saying, you know, the number's just too high. Jeff Nadeau joining us, big man on campus at Jeff NADU on Twitter. Also, uh, patreon.com slash BMOC, where he's breaking down all the action and all the sports. And Jeff, uh, what does Alabama do for a bounce back? Do they go into Starkville and rolled Mississippi State on Saturday night? Or Mississippi State, last time we saw them, they went to Texas A&M and won outright. So do they keep it close with Bama Saturday night? Yeah, I've said before, I think Mississippi State's probably the most Jekyll and Hyde team in the country. I mean, some nights they look really good. Some nights they look really bad. Um, I think that just has to do with the type of offense they run, with, with the ineffectiveness sometimes of of the uh, air raid that, that Mike uh, Leach runs. You know, I'm not real interested in, in backing this team defensively. I, I know that maybe against a team like NC State or somebody like that, they'll have some success. But you have a pissed-off Alabama team coming in um, I'd have to figure that I wouldn't want to get in front of uh, Alabama. But I don't know. I, I I don't have much on Alabama this year. I, I, I think they're good. I don't think they're great. I think they are just what college football is. Um, there's a lot of good, not great teams. Uh, but Mississippi State is not a team I'm, I'm really wanting to back uh, from a defensive standpoint, particularly against a uh, really good uh, offense and a, a team that's pissed off and, and 
Alabama. Jeff, uh, this one just stands out to me. It did immediately when I saw the schedule, saw the lines. Like, I kind of want to bet the farm on Ole Miss at Tennessee. And and Tennessee rolled up 60-plus on Missouri. They beat uh, put a lot of points on a bad South Carolina team. Ole Miss only like a three-point favorite, uh, and, and it should be a rocking crowd. This is kind of like, and we see these every year, like, is this school back or is this school for real? This is Tennessee's chance to get it right here. But uh, that just seems like a really low number to me, maybe too low, maybe too good to be true. Any uh, thoughts on Ole Miss, Tennessee, the total getting in the 80s here, big man? Yeah, it, it almost seems, Clip, like Tennessee's offense is starting to get going a little bit. And I know they played Missouri and South Carolina recently, but, you know, Ole Miss, is, as you know, and what we saw on Saturday, they, they really just allow you to do whatever you want to do. Yeah, they, They're not going to be that team that takes a step forward defensively. I'm not so sure. I think this line's too low. I think it'll go to a lot of people when they take in Mississippi. But as you said, this is, um, this is a huge game for Tennessee. I mean, it's at home, which is different from – really any other game. So, like, next week they play Alabama, but it's not at home. This is the biggest game in Rocky Top in some time. And as we know, they have one of the most delusional families on earth. <laughs> so they'll, they'll be in belief that, that this is a huge game in the grand scheme of the national picture. And, look, Hennon Hooker's been good. I think Josh Heupel's offense is really starting to get going. Um, they've got some real talent, I think, at the wideout positions. Look, when you have a total of 81, you need everything to go right. Um, I saw certain books put this out at 85, which is a joke. I mean, every every sharp in the the, the business is going to come in and take the under. Mm-hmm. It's going to bank on that things don't go right, and you have one you know field goal instead of a touchdown. But I don't know. You're hard pressed to find where the stops come from here. But this kind of looks like one of those games, kind of like Nebraska, Michigan, where you know Ole Miss is going to struggle. They're going to have to have that knockout punch, maybe late turnover to just kind of escape. I think Tennessee might throw something out here. They've been kind of waiting for this game for a long time. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Jeff, one more. This feels like one pretty much my entire lifetime that NC State would go on the road and lose. They are at Boston College. It's 730 at night. Boston College not known for a big crowd. If this was a noon game, I'd definitely pick BC. Just NC State kind of lulled to sleep. But is this a different Dave Doran Wolfpack team? Everything's laid out in front of them after the win over Clemson. Uh, they control their destiny right now yeah. to go to a championship and potentially go to a, a big bowl game, uh, depending on what they do. Uh, can they take care of business? What do you think about this matchup on the road? They are slight favorites uh, in Chestnut Hill against Boston College. Yeah, both these teams coming off a of bye week. Some nights you'll get where they're, the one team's off a of bye right. week, not both off a of bye. Um, look, I've been pretty impressed with BC, though, for that matter. I mean, they, they took Clemson to the, the cleaners, almost got the job done. They've been playing with a backup quarterback, Dennis Grissel, after Phil Jerkovich went out with a finger injury. Um, I think it's a good football game. I really do. Obviously, I think BC's uh, you know, pretty solid. They're going to hang in this game. But you know, I look at Devin Leary. I look at what you said. I, I just feel like they're the better team, and you got to sometimes go with the better team. They had a struggle against uh, La Tech coming off that Clemson. Yeah. But, um, you know, Devin Leary starts to seem like he's finding himself, and I always like that defense. I like Dave Dorn as a coach. Should be a good game. What do you have a number out here? You said. Um, I was looking on. I was looking at the ESPN scoreboard, so that number is probably off. But I saw like uh, State by three. I'll see if I can find a different line. That's. It's kind of telling you it's a coin flippy game. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, lean State. I think they find a way, but I think the over could be interesting. Two two quarterbacks that seem to have kind of found their mojo 
Jeff, how many inter- interviews do you do around the country and people say state and they mean like 40 different colleges? Like I just grew up calling NC State state. You talk to like well, Brandon Walker and those guys, state is Mississippi State. Like it depends on who you talk to, I guess. Yeah, it's very regional. Yeah. You know what you're talking about because you're North Carolina based. Yeah. Now, I think you have to have some sort of brain and kind of realizing who you're talking to, where you are. I tell you, the thing that I have trouble with, Clip, is I do your show at, you know, we record it, and then I go and do another show in South Jersey. And last week I called the host, Clip, about three different <laughs> and And yeah, I have a good relationship with him. And yeah. he's like, hey, uh, you know my name's Mike. I think, I know. Uh, I just did. So that's more of the problem for me sometimes. But Well, here's one for you, Jeff. Um, I, I, th- I Obviously, I think I know the answer. If somebody says Carolina, what college are they talking about? North Carolina. Okay, I, I mean, people in South Carolina would tell you you're wrong no, in that, but I would never. It doesn't matter if I live in Idaho, Maine, Louisiana, <laughs> or Arizona. Carolina is North Carolina, and there's only one USC, right? Yeah, that's like calling, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, South Carolina, we're we're killing you today. We're crushing you. Uh, <laughs> all right, big man. Nobody does that. <laughs> Say what? Nobody does that. Nobody does that outside the state of South Carolina. You're right. Yeah, and that's why, like, that's why college football fans suck. Because, like, they think like everything about their school is like superior. And it's like, look, only in your world, uh, yeah, Columbia is what matters. Like, well, cares outside of Columbia. I talked to, uh, you know, obviously a lot of pirate fans and everything, and then they all are like, if something happens in a game, they're like, this only happens to us. And yeah, it does feel like bad stuff happens to us a lot. But I have to remind people that it happens like forty times every Saturday to every other school. But no offense, it's like that's like that would kind of be like East Carolina saying we're Carolina. <laughs> no, you're not. No offense. Oh boy, you just offended everyone, Jeff. Uh, what other uh, what other games you like coming up on uh, Thursday or Saturday in college football? I'm not trying to offend anyone. I love. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Sorry. Um, okay, so Clip, I don't understand why Oklahoma State's five and a half point dogs to Texas. I I just don't think Texas is that good. I think that's been on full display. I think when they face a team that can really shut down Bijan Robinson in some way, um, I think they're going to have the, the the you know they don't have the upper hand in any game. I don't love their quarterback. I think this Oklahoma State team's legit. I think they're the best defense in the Big Twelve. Um, this is a huge game for them. Um, I don't know if Texas defense is good enough to lay this kind of number. They seem like the same old defense. I think five and a half looks looks good there. Any hangover from last week too? Do you factor that in, Jeff? After the way they lost, I mean, they were shell shocked yeah. in that game with with how that happened. I also don't understand why Baylor is six point favorites against Brigham Young. I think Brigham Young is a better team than Baylor. Is that an overreaction? I guess from last week. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Look, we're getting the better quarterback. I think we're getting the better team. Sataki's always good off of losses. I think he has this team prepared. I'm not sure why they're six-point favorites. I guess it's just like the Big 12 against uh, the Mountain West, but I think BYU is really good. I think they're the better team. I think they can surely win this game. Uh, one other quick one clip. I think it's becoming abundantly clear Cincinnati is significantly better than any team in this conference, maybe outside of SMU. UCF, as you know, I think it's clear they're not very good either. Yeah. Mikey Keene, just an average player. Cincinnati is way better than UCF. If this number stays under 21, I'll gladly be on uh, the Bearcats here. I think they shut down Mikey Keene. Look, all due respect to ECU, I, I hate to keep harping on them, but they're not a very good defense. They only scored 20 points in that game. 
I think Cincinnati could uh, kind of do what they did the other night. I don't know if it'll be what it was, what, 51-10 or whatever it was. But I think they cover 20. I, I like Cincy again this week. Jeff, uh, we'll talk NFL with you on Thursday. Uh, one, So we'll talk Packers-Bears. But Troy D uh, is going on his Illinois sports retreat this weekend. He's going to Soldier Field on Sunday. And he's going to take in a – a power five game for the ages here rutgers at northwestern troy d will be there so if he wants to stop by uh you know sports gambling now available and uh legal in illinois uh should he go rutgers or northwestern in that clash of the titans coming up on saturday well rutgers has had a real i mean they've had a murderer's row recently i mean michigan ohio state michigan state now you you kind of you know you go on the road you get out of jersey uh and you go and take on a really bad Northwestern team. Uh, this team is dreadful. Uh, if you're Rutgers, I think that the thought has to be keep the football on the ground. This Northwestern team is one of the worst rush defenses in the country. Um, I would be all over Rutgers. I think they've got to be looking at this and saying, finally, uh, a respite from the, the tough schedule we've had. They've got a couple games in a row here that should be nice. Um, so, yeah, if I'm Troy D., I would be playing for the road scarlet knights big man always enjoy the chat we will uh start sprinkling in some college basketball you got a uh how about a, as we wrap up today give me a future championship who you you got money on uh i continue to be extremely high on purdue uh the boilermakers look they're at home they got finally got a crowd again that's going to be so big for them in west lafayette but i think the starting five is as good as anybody in basketball i think they're really deep i think jade ivy is going to look like he might be the best guard in the conference with Desumu gone. Um, Trevion Williams is all American. Um, there's just a lot to like. I think Matt Painter's terrific. I think they have one of these Carson Edward type of years where huh. they make a run maybe to the Final Four. Clip, by the way, I want to throw this out as well. If you can believe this, we know how big the World Cup is. My small, tiny nation of Albania has a possible World Cup berth. They need to win today against Poland. Everybody should be an Albania fan. We are okay. all nation. We were, we were communists. All of our good players left and went to like other countries. Now they're playing for them. So we've had to really figure it out, and we're on the precipice of maybe going to the World Cup. It's absolutely huge for a nation of that size. All right. Today we are all Albanian, just for the big man. Jeff, enjoyed it. We'll talk to you Thursday, buddy. Thank you, Clip. I look forward to it. See you later. Big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. We'll talk some NFL with us Thursday on Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a timeout when we return. Figured it's a bye week. Let's talk some other stuff. How about some uh, hockey talk? NHL opens up tonight. Hurricanes open up on Thursday. We'll talk about it with our resident Kaniac, Brooks Hill, to wrap up our number two when we return after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live save lives be a hero and make 700 your very first month donating plasma at griffles biomat usa it's the easiest way to make extra money start now at biomat usa on 505 south memorial drive make up the 700 in a month and save lives now at griffles biomat usa a better donor experience and better pay now back to the show well, welcome back eastern north carolina's choice for when Window tinting, signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more is Signs and Tint. 
Be sure to buy, uh, stop by their office at 801 Staten Road in Greenville, or you can book an appointment online at signsintent.com. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All right. Do you have enough room in your sports closet, sports life, sports heart for hockey? The NHL is back tonight with a couple of games. The Hurricanes begin uh, the 2021-22 season on Thursday night. Let's talk about it now with our resident Kaniac, Brooks Hill, who joins us on the Fixed NC Live line. Brooksy, how you doing, man? Doing good, Clip. Good to hear your voice, and good that another hockey season is right around the corner. Brooks, let's uh, talk Canes. Uh, again, now this team is the baseline is to make the playoffs and, and win a series, I think, at this point for the Hurricanes. So what is the expectation for the 2021-2022 Carolina Hurricanes this season? Well, Clip, from a lot of things that I've read on the internet during this off season and coming into October, just trying to recap everything, a lot of people seem to have the Hurricanes fighting to repeat as division champions again. They're going back to their old metropolitan division. So we will see some teams that we did not get to see last year, like Washington, Pittsburgh, the Islanders and the Rangers. You'll see the Hurricanes playing them a whole lot more this year. Which that that's Grunt. tough, Brooks, but at least we won't have to see the light like the same teams over and over and over again like we did last year, right? It's true. You won't see you Carolina will not play anybody eight times in a season. Uh you'll only play your divisional teams four times this year, two home and two away, and then everybody else in the league uh twice, home and away. So It'll be uh, curious to see how Hurricanes respond to playing in a star-studded division once again. Now, to the Hurricanes' defense, a lot of the superstars in the division are getting towards the end of their careers. And I know some people, you know, Washington, Pittsburgh fans don't like to hear that, but I think that's the writing on the wall that Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin are getting old. But a lot of people have Hurricanes either finishing first or second in the division uh, for the Metropolitan this year. Yeah, and I'm looking at, I don't know if you know moneypuck.com, Brooks. I don't know how reputable of a source that is, but they have the Hurricanes with the fourth highest odds uh, across the board to make the playoffs, to make second round, make third round, make final. A 6.2% chance to win the cup. Um, They're saying the Hurricanes will have over 100 points this year. So, you know, high expectations, and I don't know if it's like that across the board, but it sounds like that this team, uh, man, the, the the rebuild is completely over, and uh, these young guys have now grown into somewhat stars uh, in the league, and the expectations, I, I don't remember, have the expectations ever been this high for a Hurricanes team? You know, I really don't think so, because the year that they won the Stanley Cup back in 06, coming out of the lockout, they were picked to finish fourth from the, le- fourth from the bottom of the league, and they ended up finishing second in the regular season in the Eastern Conference and going on to beat Edmonton in seven games. So I would say that this might be the highest expectation the Hurricanes have from a media and outside standpoint. Of course, inside the locker room, your expectation is to win the Cup every year. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen for any team in the NHL to win every year. But I think how you said, a lot of these young guys are coming in now. They're in their third, fourth, and fifth years. And for a lot of people, they're coming on their first full NHL contract, like Andre Fetchnikov who just signed this summer for the eight uh, eight years coming up for $100 million. 
Talking to Brooks Hill. Brooks, joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Let's talk about uh, the, the number one topic uh, seemingly every year. How about goaltending for the Hurricanes? Well, who's in the nets for Carolina this year, Brooks? All right, so the Hurricanes have parted ways with Mrazek and James Reimer, uh, both left on free agent terms, and they brought in Frederick Anderson from Toronto. And uh, this one's going to be a hard one for you to say, I think, Clip, so I'm going to tell you how to say it as best I can. It's Auntie Ratna. There's a lot of vowels. All right, it kind of sounds like your your aunt, and you just call her Auntie Ratna. Yeah, Auntie Ratna from Phoenix, uh, Arizona, excuse me. And who is the young keeper uh, that's gone, Brooks? Nedeljkovic. Ah, yeah, yeah. Nedeljkovic. Ned. Yep, a lot of people were disappointed about that. I think that was the last time that we talked about the Hurricanes is when they just announced that they were going to trade away Nedeljkovic uh, during the free agency thing. So, personally, from my standpoint, I think that the goal they were just trying to switch things up in the goaltending room and in the crease that, hey, Mrazic did a good job for three years getting them back to the playoffs, but they weren't getting over that little hump in the playoffs that you need your goaltender to be able to steal you a couple games to make it deep into the uh, for a cup run. That's what I think. Brooks Hill joining us. Brooks, a lot of familiar names uh, on the, the roster, uh, of course, with Stahl and with Taravainen and Niederreiter and uh, Svechnikov and Ajo. I, I don't... How I don't how updated is this roster on uh, ESPN? It's got is Justin Williams didn't he retire? Uh, yes, Justin Williams <laughs> is the special advisor to the governor. Uh, if ESPN is going to have their um, the coverage this year, they need to update the uh, the roster. That would be nice. You know, their coverage doesn't start till tonight. <laughs> okay, they got till they got till opening night at seven thirty. Uh, all right. When the puck drops, to have everything updated. We got a few hours left to update this crap. Uh, who are some maybe unknown, some younger guys on this roster that you're uh, excited about uh, in, in this season? So there's essentially three people fighting for that so-called last spot on the lineup. It's Jack Drury, Seth Jarvis, and Stephen Lorenz. And Lorenz played last year for the Hurricanes. Uh, but Drury and Jarvis are two guys who were playing minor and junior hockey last year who – did well enough training camp this year to fight for a spot, you know, two days before the season opener. Now, unfortunately, just with the way that the NHL has the rules written, where if you don't play a certain number of games and because of your age, you cannot play in the American Hockey League, the AHL affiliate. So some some of these guys will have to get sent back to junior hockey, where they would be the MVP of their hockey team. And, you know, try to be the captain, learn some leadership skills there. I'm looking at the roster. I'm looking at the updated roster on the Hurricanes website, and those are the three main young guys. They added Derek Stefan this year, uh, who has had a good success against the Hurricanes. So they brought him in. He's going to probably play on the fourth line as well. And then looking at forwards, the biggest forward signing was when the Hurricanes did the offer sheet to get Jesperi Kakenyemi uh, from the Montreal Canadiens. And they're going to sign him for one year on six point one million dollars. But he's another Finnish player who's played with Aho and Tara Vinen in international hockey, and a lot of people think very highly of him. And I think he's going to fit really well on that second line uh, for the Canes' offensive firepower. Brooks Hill joining us, talking NHL as it uh, is time. It'll be the Penguins and the Lightning tonight. 
on espn also uh the kraken and the golden knights and uh we'll be following the atom market uh the the kraken games on espn plus wherever i can hear the uh i want to hear some john forslund this year Uh, it's a shame he's not with uh the hurricanes although uh big mike maniscalco fan we'll have to get him on soon to talk some canes hockey so brooks uh good preview man i'm ready to roll and uh looking forward to thursday night as the canes will open up their season with some very high expectations this year uh brooks uh glad to hear you're doing well man we'll get you on um down the road and talk more hockey with you here on pirate radio i appreciate it and then i want everybody who does watch the game thursday night to just take notice of it'll be the first time in 10 over 10 years that the hurricanes will raise a banner for winning a division oh nice really big opportunity really big night for the hurricanes good stuff brooks thank you man enjoyed it hey thank you clip all right there is brooks hill former pirate radio intern and now working with uh uh i believe some radio in the raleigh area so doing a good job and uh great to chat with him we always go to him if we have any uh hockey questions comments and figure with the canes beginning their season it was a good time to get him on the fixed nc live line let's take a time out when we return we will talk to mully we will go over our midterm grades a lot of you have chimed in on facebook live or on facebook and twitter how did you grade the pirates out through half the season offense defense special teams we'll run over those give our own grades and uh, talk more pirate football on the bud light ecu report as we go to break houston leading chicago six to one in the bottom of the sixth inning quick look at your buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by the buck And the Braves and Brewers coming up at 515. We'll take a timeout, come back, have more Pirate Radio Live for you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. And if you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace or a pool walkway, how about a fire pit or anything other than that, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call at 364-1201. Or you can stop by the Carolina Hardscapes outdoor showroom on Fire Tower Road right across from Bostick Hug Furniture. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip Brock. Alrighty, thank you, Shirley Rhodes. Got Chandler Honeycutt here. And you just mentioned my name, which is actually Clip Clifton Brock the Third. Clipper. Sounds like a golfer. I should have been a golfer. I'm trying to pick I it up. Should have been a golfer. I should have learned to hit the ball drive. That was Toby Keith featuring Clint Brock and Chandler Honeycutt with I Should Have Been a Golfer. All right, uh, we'll see if we can track down Mully this hour. I've got, I got like anxiety going. 
I got Braves playoff anxiety going right now. Cause like, and you have like anxiety, excitement, anxiety for ECU basketball after talking to Sasha. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> that could be. You got it. the juices flowing just by talking to Sasha. Yeah, I got the uh, the Sasha optimism running through my veins right now. Speaking of anxiety, how uh, what kind of students were you were you folks in school growing up? average 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 yeah i was an average student i i, I did i never got there in were trouble. certain subjects i did really well in and some i didn't do so well in so i guess you average i hadn't had a fully loaded mountain dew in a while been drinking diets and i oh, ran yeah. out of diets yep and good god almighty it'll knock you for a loop that's for sure it got me it tastes a lot sweeter doesn't it uh yeah now i'm really jacked up um <laughs> jacked up on mountain dew so i was all a's i think i made my first b in like fifth grade and um so what are you trying to say you were smart smarty oh i was uh i was a academically gifted ag oh i was all that and then and my mom was a teacher so i i had some pressure to get good grades uh, and then okay. my mom was a teacher too then i started my making, mom wasn't <laughs> She was a teacher of life. Uh, I started making not a lot of A's, more B's, threw some C's in there. Threw some C's on it. <laughs> and uh, and I, sh- I, I, I kind of got it going to where the expectations from my parents lowered. <laughs> and the expectations I had, I should have applied myself more. I know that. I was told that plenty of times, and now I see that I should have. But I always had high anxiety on, like, report card and yeah progress report day yeah. oh yeah i had high anxiety on the end of grade testing See, we, never, we never had those i mean we have like they, final exams the, the thing about the end of grade testing is they made it seem like if you did not pass you did not go on to the next grade a lot of pressure for a kid and oh, like yeah. i'm sitting there going holy ah. cow if i don't do good on this test like the biggest thing the biggest fear was not going on to the next grade with my friends oh yeah and being like oh yeah and being behind behind yeah get left behind you feel like you're being laughed at yeah it's it's a scary feeling yeah uh i remember i remember i remember when one time in elementary school i think it was miss belcher um and i at this point i had made always made good grades i this was my first anxiety feeling and i didn't even know it at the time but there was a note on my progress report that said clip is on the borderline and all i knew about borderline was that song by madonna so i didn't i didn't know what that meant and i took it home and i realized that meant that i was like on the borderline of like making a really bad grade and i was like oh crap i'm on the borderline i don't want to be on the borderline (laughs) you know it wasn't too long ago i found some of you know how they uh at the end of the year when they sent home your report cards you got to keep them like the last one yeah the yeah. last one of the year yeah and so my mom kept all of mine can you bring those in so we can look at them? i have them at home <laughs> but uh i was reading some of the uh the comments that the teachers you know the teachers make and uh apparently i didn't know how to shut up in school no way <laughs> no way and i uh had a bit of a temper when i was a kid but no i was way. yeah but wait, i wait. was so you're acting like all this is in the past what are you talking about (laughs) i don't wear a hat that says bless this mouth for nothing uh for one and two well you know my temper speaks for itself (laughs) 
That's that's why they invented medication. <laughs> so yeah, I'm uh, I'm on board. If I could write a Shirley Progress report right now, I might include that if it was anonymous and you didn't know I said it. <laughs> <laughs> now when have I? I haven't lost my temper with you. I never, I, I, never. Yeah, I've I never know, lost my I know temper what with you. not to do. I, yeah, yeah. We've never there's, had any. There's really only one person in this building that I've lost my temper with. Yeah. And he's not here. And he's not here. <laughs> he's not here at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, what I'm getting to with this. I, yeah, I was wondering where you were going with now this. I know. Molly's not answering, so we got time to fill. So I thought I'd go a long I'm way. I'm excited about this segment. I want to see what people think. We took the scenic route to this. <laughs> that we did. I put out on uh, Twitter and we put out on Facebook earlier today. Shirley Rhodes, thank you for doing that. You get an A from your assignment. Hey. Hey, you're such a teacher's on my pet. Quiz, baby. You're such a teacher's pet. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> um, what are your grades for East Carolina halfway through the season? We are at a perfect midpoint. Uh, six down, six to go by week. So I thought it'd be a good time to reflect on where we are. And uh, we got a ton of responses, and I want to get to them uh, Facebook and Twitter. And uh, I'll just run through them, and we'll talk about them, and we'll, we'll give our own grades. But I'll go ahead and give my own grade right now because an ECU uh, Pirate Jungle, ECU Jungle, um, did not add any comments, but had my exact grades. I saw it earlier. It was, let me pull it up real quick. Offense, C-, minus, defense, C+, plus, special teams, B. Those are going to be my exact grades. And uh, and we'll have more comments from people uh, along with those. But those were my grades uh, because offensively, there hasn't been enough there. So we're three and three. We've had one complete game pretty much with two lane. Yep, it's an been- amazing fourth quarter and awesome. a great second quarter against Charleston Southern. And it's been kind of hit or miss. Other than that, so I think it's been. It's been below average, I would say, throughout the year. So I'm going to go C minus. Defense, they've given up a lot of yards. They've given up a lot of points at times. But I think it's been better than it's been bad. So C plus, almost a B minus for defense. But I'll go C plus. Special teams, Daffer's missed a couple, right? John Young's been really good. good. We haven't had an explosive play one way or the other for us or against us in the return game no big that i can recall not that i can remember so i think it's been better than it's been bad so good enough for a b for me so those are my grades um all right michelle on facebook live says offense d she said the offensive coordinator is flunking big time donnie is on the borderline according to the borderline uh quarterback needs to run with the ball more receivers and running backs have been decent defense b slow start but getting there keeping the faith yeah gotta have faith the faith the faith though well if you think about it uh the defense my memory serves right we had an interception we did have an interception last week didn't we juan powell okay oh yeah so that's eight straight games set up a field goal that we have had uh an interception in, the, in a game did they score a touchdown on that no that was no. that was a field goal uh-uh. it was a field quick goal. three yep. yep so eight straight games uh turnovers are key and something that we don't do a whole lot of defensively and we haven't done uh is forcing turnovers so when you get those interceptions i like it 
So I think the defense has done much better. Takeaways is probably enough to get them from yeah. a, a, a high C, plus C to, to a, a B minus. Yeah, B minus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm yeah. I'm okay with that. Uh, Michelle says special teams A doing a good job. Don't mess it up. God. Well, okay. I mean, don't mess the, it up. But think about it. Uh, for for the large part of this year, we haven't really talked a lot about the special teams. Why? Because they've been doing their job. Kind of like o, the O line. Like if we don't talk about them, that means they're doing that means pretty well. They, yeah, they're pretty good. And I think that the special teams has has done a good job of keeping, uh, you know, that field position game, you know. Uh, in our advantage as far yeah, as keeping them definitely you know i mean john young has done a great job with the kicking and uh you know owen daffer has done great with with the field goals um he only he's only missed one correct two two sorry eight for ten uh and eight for ten extra point just one extra point i yeah, think it's just one, yeah, one, one of the year. yeah so i mean you take all of that and and you you know uh we haven't really seen anybody bust a long run on a return uh so yeah i like i like where the special teams are right now michelle adding one final grade an a for the players for heart and dedication all right i'll get yeah i'll give them that uh justin gives the offense a c plus too inconsistent poor execution at times o-line is the weak point needs serious help in the transfer portal and recruiting expect more out of a quarterback with as much experience as ailers those were his comments Justin gives the defense a B, much improved over the past two seasons. Still room to get bigger and faster. And special teams, an A, punting is solid, kicking coming along, coverage is improved. Uh, he does add coaches, offensive coordinator, F, doesn't adjust play calling to compensate for below average O-line plan. Very few in-game adjustments. Plays not to lose. Has cost ECU two games. Oblivious to the fact that offense executes better up-tempo and with quarterback on the move, extremely limited playbook. Wow, no creativity at all. Wow, needs this be- guy is a teacher. <laughs> this guy's a teacher. This is the first time I'm reading through this. His last line is needs to be fired immediately. <laughs> <laughs> that is one long progress record report there. Oh my goodness! Sounds like a teacher. You know, uh, for the large part, I do want to point out something, and it's just something that I've just been hearing. A lot of the coaches have been. You know, when we've talked to Coach Shank, even prior to the season and and sometimes during the season, he says one of the hardest things that you can do as a coach is recruit offensive linemen. It's very, very difficult to do. So a lot of times you've got guys that are uh, guys that have played other positions and are being converted into offensive linemen. So it's it's kind of hard to recruit because usually the really good offensive linemen that are true offensive linemen are going to other schools. It's very difficult to to find the ones that – so you kind of have to weed through it. And sometimes it's a mix and match and kind of a patchwork uh, quilt kind of offensive line. So, But I do agree with the uh, compensation – uh, in terms of having an O line that may be inexperienced or has it or that is hurt, and you're having to plug some holes, speeding up the tempo and and compensating for that because that was something that Lincoln Riley really did really well was compensating for maybe uh, an inexperienced offensive line. Uh, Justin goes on defensive coordinator B has players in correct positions, good overall scheme appears to be good at getting the most out of his players. Only glaring mistake was lack of pressure on fourth and eight at end of game. Yeah. And at I times, was waiting for that. And at times, tackling. 
I, I think like. I think tackling has improved. Especially I think it's has improved. Field. Yeah, no, the I open field tackling has improved. But those first couple of games, we really had a tough time bringing people down. Yeah, and I was. Going it to was mention- a lot of one arm tackling and things like that. But you are right. They have improved, with, especially with the open field tackles, especially when they're going one-on-one with a, uh, with a, a wide receiver or a running back. They have done a great job of bringing them down. Um, all right. Uh, head coach C-minus should have fired the offensive coordinator by now. Okay, Justin, we get it. Uh, he says, should at least address it with the media and stop blaming players for lack of execution when play calling is a bigger issue. Doesn't seem involved with the game on the line. Should be on the hot seat if he refuses to move on from the offensive coordinator at the end of the year, given if the struggles continue. All right, Justin put a lot of thought into this, so we appreciate that, Justin. Thank you for your grades. Uh, Let's hit one more and we'll take a break. Uh, Offense from Brandon is a C-. minus. We have the talent, but the play calls are too conservative. The line needs to get better push. Overall, we lack consistency and need to be more aggressive defense b minus young but gaining experience they are keeping us in games special teams b plus all right there are the grades from brandon we got a lot more we need to get a break in we'll come back um my bad feeling might have been the right feeling it is uh scoreless in atlanta but milwaukee has two on with one out in the first inning and uh charlie morton down two and oh to this count what is the score in the other game six to one in the bottom of the seventh there's a look at your buccaneer music hall scoreboard update presented by dubbuck dubbuck we'll be back with more on the bud light ecu report on pirate radio live when we return after this listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by carolina hardscapes making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about if you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace pool walkways fire pits or more then carolina hardscapes is the place to call get started on your dreams today at carolina hardscapes on fire tower road across from bostic sun furniture now back to the show welcome back quality equipment is your full service john deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right. A stressful top of the first. Charlie Morton gets out of it unscathed thanks to a couple of Ks but also a huge play by Austin Riley at third and the Brewers absolutely stink with runners in scoring position and less than two outs. They have been awful in this series. They hadn't really had a lot of guys in scoring position, but when they get them there, can't get them in. See if the Braves can take advantage of that. No score heading to the bottom of the first inning, and the White Sox trailing the Astros 6-1 to one in the seventh inning. Quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dubuck. Dubuck. Uh, back on our Bud Light ECU report today, we are giving out grades, and by we, I mean the Pirate Nation. We are... Uh, I put it out there earlier. We put it out on Facebook and Twitter. Give me your grades for offense, defense, special teams through the midterm. And we ran over a few. Let's run over some more. Let's see what David on Facebook said. He said, uh, the offense gets a C, too inconsistent. Quarterback play is suspect. Offensive line is suspect. 
receivers and running backs have been good defense b started slow but have picked it up in recent games starting to see a trend there uh that people like where this defense is going um special teams a if not for a few missed field goal a minus if not for a few missed field goals period coaching c minus calls are predictable at times wrong calls made frequently seeing progress from year one but expected better at this stage all right so nothing below a c or a c minus there from david uh lv i like that name offense d defense b special teams b houston has made progress with the program kids play hard no off the field issues there is something not clicking with our offense and decisions that are being made in that position i actually give the kids a b and the coaches a d go pirates so he's uh giving the coaches and uh the players different grades which is something i did see from some of these uh john bass says fire the oc is my midterm grade fire him. stop trying to not lose all right john thank you i just added that voice for effect i don't know if that is your voice you could fire the oc is my midterm grade grade. (laughs) stop trying not to lose stop trying not to lose the ball game doug says offense d plus defense b plus special teams b in my opinion not fair to holton when he can't run when there's no one open okay Jay's giving the offense an F, the defense a B, and the special teams an A minus. Joe says coaching F, offense B, defense B plus, special teams B. Um, eight wins, eight win quality player talent, four to five win quality coaching talent. So seeing uh, quite a bit of that, and that ball is out of uh after it hit the outfield grass it's gonna be a ground rule double for dansby swanson who is leading off today with jorge soler out so a good start for the braves offense in the bottom of the first inning um (laughs) tommy says good thing none none of y'all none of you all are coaches is pretty sure you grade would not be better. Well, Tommy, good thing this isn't English. <laughs> because I would give that a D. Uh, that, um, he says, yes, there is. <laughs> All right, now Can just. Can I try to say it? Huh? Are you reading read it? it? Yeah. Yeah, read because I just saw another one. Good thing good thing none of you all well, are. Hold on, hold on. Do it again. Are you reading it as it's written or as it's supposed to be written? I'm reading it as it's written. Okay, well, start over because you messed up already. Good thing none of you all are coaches because pretty sure you grade would not be better. Yes, they is still a lot yo work on. <laughs> but you asking for perfection all the time. If you have a coach like Mike, leave you want find another good one. QB is good. Have you seen his ranking? He's still in top 50 in the country. But I am sure you all know that. Boom roasted mic drop tommy roasted us all uh sean says c minus for everything (laughs) i guess uh gene says offense c minus defense b special teams b head coach d offensive coordinator send back to high school Mm. 
Well, <laughs> they are harsh on uh, Donnie right now. Well, we had a bad quarterback in high school. Bad thing is, I was the quarterback. <laughs> he has told that story before. <laughs> I love that story. Uh, thank you, folks, for chiming in with your grades on Facebook. Let's check. Uh, and you can get in live if you'd like on our Facebook chat. We'll see if anybody is updating. Why don't we do it live? Do it live. Uh, <laughs> Matt says Charlie. Uh, Tommy is uh, Charlie from all, <laughs> from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's that cracked me up. All right, looking at uh, the Twitter machine. Let's see if we got any. Uh, these were <laughs> these were more just grades instead of comments. Um, we might have to read Tommy's again. That was good. <laughs> Clint Leesewood says offense D, defense B, special teams A. Without fourth quarter Marshall, Tulane game, and Keaton Mitchell, the offense would be an F. Kind of what I said earlier, the inconsistencies. They've had some breakouts, but it's been yeah it's been yeah it's been few and uh, kind of far between for that offense so far uh let's see a spooner says offense c too inconsistent defense b they were outplayed by app state and charleston southern was a w and the pick six was the difference special teams b plus john young can't ask for more coverage units have gotten better freshman kicker seems to have gotten comfortable all right um freddie freeman's batting if everyone could be quiet please quiet please quiet please thank you thank you sidelines east carolina says offense c minus a lot of home run plays but need to improve on third downs i don't think anybody can disagree with that defense b significant improvement in the passing and red zone defense but run defense still spotty i would agree with that special teams b Freddie hits it to center field, and it's not going to be deep enough to advance Dansby. Oh, God. I was wrong. He advances to third. Well done, Dansby. Getting aggressive, baby. I like it. Um, Special teams B, great showing by the punter and onside kick specialist. Yeah, I forgot about that. But 0 for 2 and field goals longer than 40 yards. You know what sidelines East Carolina? follow you that was some good thoughts there oh, i like congratulations. that congratulations sidelines east carolina <laughs> robin smith says offense c defense a minus they've played well enough to win us two of the three l's not much more we can ask from them hmm. defense uh, or excuse me special teams b uh let's get a break in i'll see if i've got any more of these and we'll talk more ecu at the midterm when we return we'll also update you on what's going on <laughs> in the baseball game i guess did you see the replay of dansby swanson's slide was that dirt or blood it well not on his nose he face planted yeah i saw that he's got blood he's got a bloody lip matt says tommy broke the show (laughs) (laughs) i do need to regroup by the way i'm so flustered with baseball with tommy with everything going on we got to open up the booty bag shirley Rhodes. you want to do it right now yeah we best Better, booty, best, booty, 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 better. Booty, booty everywhere. Best. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. 317-1250. Let's make you a winner because all of you get an A from us. 
And not just that, you get a prize. You get a large two-topping pizza courtesy of Domino's. Get the door, it's Domino's. You can get it for free if you're caller number... 10. Caller 10, 317-1250. We're back with more on Pirate Radio Live after these words. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sug Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, At Angel Oak, they continue to make customer service a number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success, the combination of their local team's experience, and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from standard conventional uh, government and portfolio loans. That's something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. And congratulations to John Moody of Bethel. Picked up a large two-topping pizza courtesy of Domino's. Domino's of Greenville has three locations to take care of you. Every day, all three toppings are only $7.99 each for carryout only. Order online today at dominoes.com. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, the Moody man. Braves fell to score in the bottom of the first inning. Scoreless as we head to the top of the second. We are giving out grades to East Carolina. Uh, through six games. Six down, six to go. Pirates are an even three and three. They get ready for Houston coming up next Saturday, off week this week. And uh, got some more grades, seeing if we have any more comments. I like the comments. Um, in fact, uh, my favorite comment didn't even deal with grades. It was uh, Tommy on Facebook. We'll wonder hear. if his middle name is Lee. We'll see that one more time. Tom, well, I'll say his full name. <laughs> Good thing none of y'all, you all are coaches because pretty sure you grade would not be better. Yes, they is still a lot yo work on, but you asking for perfection all the time. If you have a coach like Mike leave, you won't find another good one. QB is good. Have you seen his ranking? He's still in top 50 in the country. <laughs> now all I can think of is Charlie on Always Sunny. Uh, <laughs> but I'm sure you knew all of the, <laughs> you all know that. What's the other one? Um, who? What's the TV show that did the bit where the guy was like, "Why waste time?" That that wasn't Charlie. Who did the like, "Why waste time?" Words? <laughs> like, was it The Office or um, waste time what show am i thinking about somebody help me out i I don't i can't help you yeah kevin from the office thank you uh who who just uh sent that in to via text why why waste time say lot word when few words do trick (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) yes kevin from the office why yeah small talk we know exactly what tommy's saying he didn't need to add in the pro (laughs) uh the problem is on this show we have three hours every day so we do have to speak somewhat grammatically correct oh man because if we just waste time with few why words, waste time say lot word when few word do trick 
Oh, now let's dear. see how Tommy did this. I mean, look, and it's still it's one of the longest comments. <laughs> <laughs> Just think if he put all the words in, we would have never got through it. He, uh, he actually saved us a lot of time because that was a uh, long paragraph. It could be even longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, good thing none of you all are coaches because pretty sure you grade would not be better. Yes, they is still a lot you work on. But you ask him for perfection all the time. Now all I can picture is Kevin from the office. If you have a coach like Mike, leave you won't find another good one. QB is good. Have you seen his ranking? He's still in top 50 in the country. But I am sure you all know that. But I'm sure you all know that. All right. Thank you, folks, for chiming in there. I'm, pre- I'm very distracted. Where's Molly at? <laughs> I told Molly we'd try him later on uh, in uh, the week. Can you imagine molly sitting uh, uh, there hey troy what you got <laughs> no 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 if molly was sitting there and you got the giggles like you just did oh god oh, molly would the, be the stare that he would give he would have made this show so like we've had fun today yeah. he would have just took a giant turd all over it <laughs> nobody's having fun on my watch this is true was you that look, supposed to be funny you laughing there son what do you what's there to laugh about yep life ain't about laughing nope <laughs> uh, he's like he's like that he's just like debbie downer <laughs> and and i i love molly i, I really do think it's because he tries not to break if we can get him chuckling or laughing yes it yeah. makes me feel so good because his whole purpose is on this show and in life but he is a no what they call in the wrestling business he no sells like when guys do a wrestling move on you and it doesn't hurt but you're playing along with the act that it does. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't do the acting like The Rock. When The Rock would get stunned by Steve Austin, he would flop around like a fish in the ring. Yeah. Like if Mully got stunned by Steve Austin, he would just kind of he'd drop to his knees and he'd stand up he and be like, was, "Was that supposed to hurt? <laughs> was that supposed to be funny?" <laughs> but if you can get Mully to accidentally slip up, but it's and laugh, not going to be like a like a chuckle. It's going to be more of a, like a grin. And <laughs> yeah. he's trying to hide. He, yeah, you kinda, see him over there like, <laughs> yeah, like, gotcha, I got, yeah. gotcha. That's the dream, man. To get uh, Mike Mully to Mike Mully, Mike Mully, <laughs> Mike Mully. Uh, two down in the top of the second in Atlanta. No score between the Brewers and the Braves and right now the Astros still have a lead uh they've extended it by a run seven to one in the eighth inning on FS1 you bye can bye Sox uh it appears that way so quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck uh college football tonight Chandler one of those nights you're gonna watch the end of Braves Milwaukee slash beginning of San Fran Dodgers, or will you be watching college football? Uh, I think I'm going to have to go. Man, but these are two really good football teams in the fun belt. Two four and one teams going at it in Louisiana tonight between App State and Louisiana. I'm watching you football. Don't get, you don't get college football much on a Tuesday night. <laughs> oh, this is another thing. You were super shocked by this. They do they play midweek football? Yeah, the Mac. I, I knew that, but at the same time, I forgot. <laughs> hey, that happens. You know, I'll be watching. I knew it, tonight, but I forgot it. But look, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably watch football on a Tuesday night. Absolutely, let's do it. Football's on. College football. Football's on. You got to watch football. Ooh. That is the uh, the rule. And All look, right. by the time the football game's over, 
I mean, baseball goes on for a while. Yeah, Dodgers Giants is going to catch the end of that game. Going to go on forever. Uh, all right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. We are ready to wrap it up here on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. I tell you what, Cliff, it's a good thing that you threw that poll out there today. Why? To fill time. We, I, we, That's we, the we, reason I did it. We filled a lot of time with that. I mean, I thought, A, it would be a good segment. B, it would be – I'm interested to and hear what the really fans good say. In, there was some really good insight, too, and a lot of entries. Yeah, so good stuff. Thank you, Pirate Nation. And especially, thank you, Tommy. We'll be back with more <laughs> after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, cool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report. The Dow was down 117 points. It closed at 34,378. NASDAQ was down as well. It, they dropped 20 points at 14,465. And the S&P was also down 10 points at 4,350. That is your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All righty. Uh, gave out some grades today. Matt says you guys struck gold today. A plus. He gave us an A plus. Thanks, All Matt. right. There we go. Uh, but we'll end it on a downer. Redbeard's got some grades. Oh, geez. Redbeard says, I have grades. Fans, D. Didn't bother to show up at homecoming. The ones complaining the loudest not showing up. Probably going to state and Carolina games. Mully, F. Poor attitude and lack of attendance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. So uh, we'll talk to Molly later on in the week. Coming up Wednesday on the show, uh, no Stephen Igo, uh, you might have noticed today. He'll make his weekly appearance Wednesday at 4 o'clock. We got Bryce Williams' weekly appearance Wednesday at 5 o'clock, along with Troy D. So we'll have Pirate Radio indoors and outdoors. And Wager McGee will get you ready for the football weekend. All that plus the voice Jeff Charles. What is Jeff Charles doing a bye week? We'll find out tomorrow. We'll ask him uh, what he's up to. So all that and more coming up Wednesday on Pirate Radio Live. We will see you fine folks then, 3 o'clock Wednesday afternoon. For Shirley Rose, Chandler Honeycutt, I'm Cliff Brock. Thanks for being a part of today's show, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.